snap, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Good morning. Hopefully, y'all are doing fantastic on this Saturday morning on episode 87 of Living Split Screen. I am one of your hosts, Steel Rain. That's I. Steel Rain I. The T is a seven. And Rain is spelled R-E-I-G-N. Because for some reason, people still think that that spells region. Um, again, if you could put two and two together for me, let me know. Um, but it's something that I've been experiencing still in the eight years since I've had this gamer tag. So it, it's really strange to me still. Steel region. I like it. Steel region. Anyway, for as long as I've had it, I, people yeah. that's the first thing people will say. What's up, Steel Region? What? Anyway, um, that's neither here or there. I'm not here to talk about hooked on phonics or people not getting things together, but um, I'm Mr. Lavron Uncut himself. And again, thank you for joining us, audio listeners. Look, I appreciate you guys for continuously tuning in. We've been sl- slowly growing on the audio platform side of things, but it's been very consistent. So I greatly appreciate you guys for checking us out there. I know it makes it a little bit easier, and we are available everywhere. Um, that's Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you like to listen to podcasts at. That's where we're at. Um, with that, I do have some near automata gameplay for us in the background today. This is my latest vice. Um, this is going to be the game that I'm going to be diving into for quite some time at this point. Um, this is my single player game, probably until Forspoken comes out. Um, I'm also in the process of probably getting Dragon Ball Z Kakarot also. So I have a few games added to my backlog that I uh, will add to my current rotation. So be on the lookout for that gameplay. And audio listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you guys got to come check us out live sometimes. I record gameplay week to week. Uh, just got to give you some representation of just being me being a gamer. Uh, I feel like it's the best way instead of taking other people's content, other videos and mashing them together for our show. I'd rather take my own personal content because I actually like recording, man. Um, It's something that I've always kind of downplayed myself about. Um, Speaking of which, if you guys aren't following me on my personal channel. I still reign. I the teaser seven. Um, I started uploading some shorts there, man. I wanted to test some things out and I've been getting some solid traction, man. Uh, I was getting on a few videos I got over there. Uh, I got over 1K views. Uh, so that was really dope on some of my Call of Duty videos that I've been posting up. I've been messing with some video editing. I'm just trying to prep myself for, because the next step is breaking down living split screen videos uh, when I get some time to. And I think I got a, me- a method to my madness, which gets me kind of excited. Um, but I think it's going to help us grow there too. So let's see if I can take advantage of it. Um, but that's enough of me and what I got currently going on. We'll talk about the games and whatnot. A little bit more about Nier and whatnot here in a bit. I got to get to one of the most uncanny gentlemen that I have met within these last couple of years here. We're going in two years of uh, doing this podcast, uh, two seasons in, going on to three seasons. Um, my brother from another, the uncanny gentleman himself, the X-Men who is not Cyclops. Uh, my guy. Boom. So how you feeling, man? What's going on? Good morning, gamers. Back again, living split screen. Another Saturday with my brother, Steel Region. I like Steel Region better. I think you should oh, permanently God. change your name. No. Steel Region. Let's Negative. go. Let's go. Negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, what a fantastic week of news. Uh, gaming, it is coming back alive again. We got a lot going on. Steel and I got a lot to get down to. Um, but yeah, man, I've had a great week so far. I hope you all have too. Um, been gaming. Um, I've been on the old school. My grazing 
is in full effect steel and you know what that means oh, yeah. i've got random games popping up in my library <laughs> out of the blue um to play uh i did play a ton of saints row during the free-to-play days nice. uh, i talked about that last weekend um i did play that for the rest of the weekend um on and off i actually wound up with over 20 hours in saints row again I can't stand what they did to Saints Row. Uh, I, I I have to play that game skipping every cutscene possible. I can't stand listening to the acting. Uh, the dialogue is terrible. All of it. But as an open world generic sandbox game, if I don't judge it as a Saints Row game, it's still got some fun to be had. So I had some fun with that during free to play games. Um, and I figured out it's probably worth 10, 15 bucks. If it goes on sale for 10, 15 bucks, I'll probably pick it up and hop back in. Um, and then this week things got weird. Of course, uh, last week I had started Watch Dogs 2. So I've been rocket Watch Dogs 2 again, getting some of that Ubisoft junk food in me. Um, and then, uh, what else happened this week? Oh, uh, One Piece Odyssey demo. I did play through the first part of it. I did not finish the demo, um, but I did post on Twitter. I did play through the first half of the demo, which is not very long. It's like 45 minutes, maybe hour, something like that. Uh, really liked what they brought to the table the reviews are out the game is out um the reviews are are in the sevens seven eights uh mid mid 70s i think is what it's on at open critic um some people say it's too easy um Mm. again uh but if you like one piece if you like the anime style jrpgs if you like the turn base this game's cool uh i really had a great time with the battle system the battle system's actually got some strategy to it because they break your party up into different areas on the on the uh battleground so you can swap your players between if you've got some enemies over here that one player uh you know has a better chance at affecting because obviously you know your abilities uh the enemies they've got the uh basically rock paper scissors uh, elements, okay. that kind of stuff, where certain enemies are affected by certain attacks more than others, etc. Okay. So you can swap mid-battle between the different groups so that you can get the best uh, effect on those enemies. So there was some strategy there. Um, you can call in new people kind of from the reserves as you're battling as well. Um, really like that the animation, of course, is top-notch. It's like watching a One Piece show, right? That's how good it is. It's seamless between cutscenes to actual gameplay. We're breaking that barrier where it doesn't look any different when you move from cutscene to the actual gameplay, which I love, of course. So Now, great. the one thing I yeah. heard people complaining about, though, and this yeah. is just kind of the thing that's always about anime mm-hmm. games when there's already an anime in existence, um, where they're covering the tracks of what's going on sure. in the anime a lot. Um, sure. That's one of my biggest problems with Dragon Ball, right? But yeah. uh, if, if it's something that you enjoy, you got to remember, guys, like they make these games not for the hardcore base that knows everything about the anime. That's not no. why they do this. Sure, <laughs> they want to, I'm, I'm pretty sure they keep us in consideration, uh, but that's not the reason they do this. And I do mm-hmm. think that I've seen a lot of people who tried out the demo, um, like yourself, Pong, and went and went and bought the game. And I know I heard that too. People saying that it was easy. I'd have to imagine that there is going to be difficulty options to be to be selected in there, um, or it could just become increasingly difficult as you go. Um, and again, yeah. it's a demo. They want you to be enticed. They want you to have a reason to jump in. They don't want you to be feel over. Um, they don't want you to get overpowered in the demo. I'd imagine. Uh, so again, I, from what I've seen from it thus far, 
Uh, I'm not a I'm not a one piece dude. Would never be a one right. piece dude. I don't like the way the character designs are. Personally, <laughs> um, that's my biggest gripe against One Piece. Why I can't get into it because I don't like the character designs. I'll be completely honest to say that. Um, come on, Robin looks really good. Come I on, don't like him in any what any of the character how the, any of the characters look. Oh. Um, personally, on a design standpoint, Naruto looks better. Dragon Ball looks better. Uh, Bleach looks better. Uh, Inuyasha looks better. Uh, oh, different because, styles, of course. They're different, different styles, but different I, type of, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a yeah. thing. But One Piece has also done a lot of things to pull the different anime together. Like One Piece sure. will do tie-ins, crossovers, so they do a lot of dope things. So I'll never take anything away from it. But um, it is getting a lot more attention than I thought it was going to get. So that's a, that's a major thing. Yeah, it, 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 it's a lot. Um, it, it's a lot like Dragon Quest. So if you like Dragon Quest, again, oh, that's the right. style. It's yeah, yeah, and that's what it reminds me of uh, a lot. And so uh, again, had fun with that. And then uh, what else did I happen? Oh, and then of course, Steel. Uh, I do the Xbox rewards. Um, I, I, I'm consistent with it. So this week, uh, the big uh, reward for this week, uh, 250 points um, to hop back in and stealth kill. I think it's like five people, 10 people, something like that in dishonored too. Oh, wow. So yeah. So I hop back into dishonored too, and I'm just going to get the rewards and then I'm playing dishonored too. And I'm like, yeah, no, I got to start playing dishonored too again. Uh, even though it's 30 frames, uh, even though it never got an FPS boost it never got a current gen patch, uh, none of that stuff. Uh, again, Dishonored is my favorite of the Arcane series. I know some people like Prey more than Dishonored. Uh, I know some people like Dishonored 1 and didn't uh, necessarily like Dishonored 2 the same way. Uh, there's a lot of that. I absolutely love Dishonored 2. Uh, I love everything about it. They did more. Uh, they just took Dishonored and made it more. Um, and so... Once I started playing Dishonored 2, I couldn't put it down again. So I've been playing Dishonored 2. Um, and then to cap off my grazing steal, cap off my grazing, uh, last night after Xbox Ultimate for uh, before I went to bed, oh, okay. uh, I fired up Halo Wars 2 again. Oh, I fired wow. up Halo Wars 2. Uh, I'm getting ready for RTSs to come back. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition comes out in a couple weeks at the end of the month. So I fired up Halo Wars 2. It's so good. It's so good. I'm going to make a post later asking Xbox to make sure that this generation they bring back Halo Wars at some point uh, with the return of all the RTSs to consoles. They can. That's they preventing them from we, doing it. We can't have a generation go by where we skip Halo Wars. I know it wasn't the best seller for Microsoft. I know it's a niche. I understand all of that. But my God, Halo Wars 2, built from the ground up for the consoles. It's so damn good, Steel. It is still just a great game to play. Um, and, uh, you know, I looked at my stats. I, I downplayed how much I played that last oh, week. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got about 500 hours in there. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, yeah, at I'm, I'm at 21 <laughs> days. Uh, nice. And so I looked, uh, I looked at my stats again. 273 wins in multiplayer. Nice. Oh, so you were so, a savage in there. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We, man, we, we man, that makes that makes me that makes me kind of <laughs> want to jump back, jump into it. I never again. Yeah. I've stayed away from RTSs mainly not because I don't like them or whatever. They're time sinks, dog, and I know yeah. how I am with those games. <laughs> like I, the biggest example that I I can give you guys is when when Rift Breaker came to Game Pass. 
that gave me the the hero and the RCS side of things yeah. and the way that I got sucked into it with the base building, the resources, and just building your base out, wanting things to be to set up a certain way. I'm not even fighting people. I'm trying to defend myself against the planet right. and the enemies. And right. the way you just get before I know it, it was fucking four hours later. I'm like, yeah. bro, I got to stop playing this goddamn game. I'm not going to do anything else. Um, I, but, I'm, so, I'm surprised though from the competitive aspect, Steel, that you don't it's just, uh, but that's part of the reason. Like, if you're going yeah. to be good, you have to be playing oh, it. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, you and, do. And, and that's what, and stuff like that would get it would really mess with me because it's like, oh, right, of course I want to get a W. So it's like I'm now going to be working towards getting a W all the time, and yeah. that's just a whole another. That's a whole another mindset, a whole other thing that'll pull you in and keep you invested for a long time. Oh, yeah, it, it will definitely. And again, there is an art to RTSs and at a competitive level. There yes. is no doubt about it. Again, PC yes. uh, keyboard and mouse is on a completely different level because I started watching videos. Um, I started watching videos on Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition because I want to get some strategies down because I am planning on right. going in hardcore uh, on it. And I, I, it's been so long since I touched an Age of Empires that I'm like, bro, I got to go back and I got to watch. I was watching this high Crack level behavior, pro Crack player one v four. He was one v and four people, Yo. and my god, the things this He's dude was doing Gotta the keyboard. And, oh well, yeah, the hot keys, man. It was just nonstop clicking. I was like, "Yo, this yeah, guy's on another level." I'm not playing. Like, but, I can't do that. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> no, and I'll I'll never be that guy per se. Right. But I'm saying now that it's coming console. Again, Halo Wars 2 is built from the ground up, so it's different. Right. But they did rebuild the Age of Empires, um, you know, control scheme for the console. So I can't wait to see how they did it. Because Halo Wars 2, again, when I was playing, and I was playing a lot, there was very few times that I ever thought to myself, ah, that guy got me because he has keyboard and mouse. No, it's times. you. Very few times. Because time frame-wise... Watching the players who were highly competitive in Halo Wars 2 back in the day, because I was I was watching videos, I was getting strategies down, I was really learning the game. I could get to the same build level as quick as a PC player could. So you know that's that's how balanced they had Halo Wars 2 down. And so again, that's why I enjoyed it so much. And going back to it last night, I was I caught myself instantly. You know, even though it's been a long ass time, I think. We jumped, Mav and I and Psycho, we jumped into it again for like a night uh, a while back. But it's been so long. But I was watching my time and I was watching my build. And I was like, damn, I'm down three minutes. <laughs> I'm like, God, I used to be ahead of the curve. Uh, so, you know, just that that innate uh, kind of sense of once you get to that level, like going back to it again, it's like, yeah, I'm slowed down. I got to get back yeah. into this. I'm going to do it. But again, that's what I've been playing Steel. Um, this week, again, my grazing is in full effect. Yes, I have a million other new games that I could be playing right now. There's a ton out there. This is how my brain works. There's just sometimes some weeks, some months where I'm playing old stuff and I'm going back to stuff again. And I, I'm actually having a great time. So at the end of the day, that's all that matters because it's selfish. It's uh, a game, a game's a game. And as long as you're having yeah. a good time doing it, man, again, yeah. real life is always going to take precedence. So um, you got to fit in some things where you can fit them in at, man. Um, especially when you don't generally have a bias towards one direction or another. It's just, yeah. you know, you enjoy yeah. playing games. That's yeah. what it's about, man. And that's it why, again, that's why we do it. That's right, Steel. So, and I know you got in an old game this week too. You talked about it a little bit behind the scenes. Near, 
Yeah, man, near near Automata, man. Um, man, let me talk a little bit more about Platinum it. Games, baby. For anybody who wants to diss Platinum yeah. Games, go play Bayonetta, go play near Bro. These are the type of hit. games that, honestly, to be completely frank with you guys, instead of making these Babylon Falls and all these other, they need to focus on what they're fucking good at. And mm-hmm. the combat mechanics and putting a world together, they can put a story together too, um, make it gripping, make it enthralling, make it different. And Platinum has that potential, right? And I know people play, play by scale bound that got back up in conversation this week. I, as somebody who was in favor of scale bound when I first saw it, um, I was really hoping that that game was going to release during the time. And then when I heard that uh, they basically shut it out, it, it really hit it hit me in a place I was like, damn man, dragons, devil may cry system, the turn he had his own little dragon form too. Like it was so many dope things. I mean, the worst thing about it is he had fucking headphones on, but hey, neither here or there. So did so did uh Neo in uh Devil May Cry 4. Um, but neither here or there. And near near Automata was one of those games that I originally was going to jump into when the game released, right? Um for for whatever reason, I got it, let it sit for a while. And then I don't know what happened or how my wife got into it, but um, from me downloaded it, she found some interest in it and she ended up playing it. Now, me, I have a bad habit. Once when I see somebody play through a story, um, although I didn't watch her complete the complete thing, not every story beat. So there's little things um that I don't remember. Well, a lot of it I don't honestly don't remember. Uh, so it's another good thing about going back to it. This because here recently, because I've been talking about Solstice here, I talked about going back and playing Devil May Cry 5, I played back through the intro with that, was reminded why I felt Devil May Cry 5 was such a great game at the time, um, and I still think it's a good game to play through. Um, it's something else I'm going to have to put it on my catalog, but again, backlog. Um, near is the game that I was looking for. Um, whether it's the combat mechanics or how the story is portrayed, again, um, I'm all for a good story, and then to see the thing that threw me for a loop when I first booted this game up was because I didn't recall it being like this. And I talked about Pong with this. I like to play games on hard, right? That's just me. I, li- I like to beat myself up. It is what it is. I get enjoyment out of it, whatever. Um, but going through the first 10 minutes of the game and, you know, you, you don't know all the enemies in here. You're trying to get used to it. You're messing around with the combat. The game's trying to tell you, hey, press this button to do this or whatever. So you're just messing around with things, trying to get used to things. Okay, I'm playing on hard. The enemy's going to hit harder. I already know that. I wasn't expecting <laughs> to get too tapped, but or for the enemies to just ignore some of my my hits sometimes. But um, needless to say, I replayed the first ten minutes of the game four times. The reason being is I didn't know the game was fucking Dark Souls. Like out of like it's crazy. So what it is like the intro to the game basically says they see um two B basically comes in with the intro like hey um. Life and death, it's a cycle, repeats itself. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it, you know, when, it first, when I first hear that, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's an interesting concept. I, that's, I like that type of stuff. And then I die. And then she says it again in the beginning. And when, when you die, it gives you end credits and everything. And then I, and then I started back up, and I'm like, and she says it again. Life and death, it's a continuous cycle. And, said, Bruh. and then I die again, I'm like, Every time this first, these first few lines hit harder and harder, I'm like, all right, man. So then it turns into that fourth time. I've got, I got used to it a little bit, um, but I also slowed myself down a little bit. Okay, if this, I need to approach it like a Souls game, 
watch what the enemies do, fight back, pay attention, things like that, and adapt to the game. Now, I'm fully involved. I'm, I'm fully involved. Like, three hours into the game, four hours into the game, it even has some of that Elven Ring magic um, as far as exploration and things go. Because, yeah, you can go to your objective, and it shows you where your objective is on the map and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. But me, I like to go to the opposite direction sometimes. I saw some stuff. There's stuff that you pick up off the floor, like items and whatnot. I'm like, it's oh, it's got I see fishing some- steel. It does have fishing, I which I love. Fish, but oh, um, I have. <laughs> and so, but you so you have stuff on the floor, and there's enemies off of the distance, and I'm like, oh, there's a piece of candy. Let me go get that. Oh, another piece of candy. Let me go get that. Um, and I just got get lost in one direction. That was just having such a good time with it, man. Um, from the combat to the story, it's a, it's a. Right now, I think it's a ten out of ten for me personally. Um, but again, I haven't completed the game yet. Now, I'm not even that far in. Um, but it is something that I am going to be. This is my main, going to be one of my mainline games right now. Um, until further notice. Um, I will complete it the because I do believe I have to beat it like three times or whatever the case. Um, there's different characters that you use, different aspects of the story from what I remember from my what my wife played. Um. And I'm having a good time with, it. but That's there awesome. is there is a game that I do need to. Again, I spoke about on it last. I don't know if it was last week. It probably was the la- uh, the last time they took it out, which I think was a week before. Um, it's stuff we were talking about near Automata. Um, and I might be saying it wrong. Hopefully, I'm not. Um, no, if not. Jacob, uh, I think it was Jacob that was asking uh, if he should jump into it. If you like combat based games, bro, um, I definitely would recommend. Uh, I, I mean, again, I'm a combat fiend. Any game that does combat really well, um, for example, <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise, it's also coming. Like, I'm going to have mm. to figure out how I'm going to play that, too, because mm-hmm. that's another game that it, their combat, they do it really well, especially when you... And I think the, the thing that gets it about that is, like, the idea of fighting kaiju, right? You're fighting mm-hmm. these beasts with these over over-exaggerated weapons. The combat's great. The dodging mechanics are great. You can get in there with with a team, right? Uh, me, Pong, and my wife could jump in and slay some stuff. Like that's the type of environment that it kind of uh, holds up, and that's the type of things that like. But um, another game that I had to speak on um is going to be Call of Duty. Um, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare: Warzone 2.0. Oh. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. because multiplayer, multiplayer for me, and again, I'll continue to say this, Modern Warfare 2, I believe, is the best Call of Duty has been in a long time. Uh, personally, my belief says Black Ops 2. Uh, anybody, if you feel differently, I understand, uh, but that's just my personal belief. I've been playing Call of Duty since the beginning, too. Honestly, guys, I put down Halo. I stopped playing Halo 3 to play Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare 2. That was the game that pulled me away, and then Gears pulled me away from Call of Duty. But neither here or there. Um, again, they took out third person. And I, I've heard some people having this conversation, and people saying, oh, well, you know, it's not a core mode. It's a core mode to the multiplayer, so it needs to be a core mode to Warzone. It was a core mode to the old Modern Warfare 2, so it needs to be a core mode in this. What needs to happen is instead of you removing content, is you fixing the game. That is my biggest problem with Activision, um, Ravensoft, uh, Infinity Ward is doing. And so obviously there's something not reaching the base because apparently they've also had a decrease over the holiday break in their player base, or at least what they anticipated of people are jumping in. 
and that does speak leaps and bounds, uh, especially coming from Warzone One or uh, Modern, the Modern Warfare 2019 and the type of hype that was going into this second game, right? Modern Warfare 2, I still believe, is Activision's last cry for help. Um, if this game didn't hit uh, and Microsoft wasn't in current acquisition, they would be in a in a very troubled place right now. Um, maybe the same place even Ubisoft is in right now, uh, which we will talk about later. Um, and yes, they, they took it out again. Again, my... My biggest problem is just I don't understand, and I had some of these problems with Gears back in the day too, is why you try to change or remove things that don't need to be changed or removed before fixing the core mechanics of the game. You took it out before, and I could understand, oh, well, you know, the walls, when you go around certain corners, in third person, the worst thing that you can have when you go around the corner is that your camera sticks to the wall. To the point where it's not looking where you're trying to look. It's it's forcing yourself to stick to the wall. Not a good feeling. And especially in a third person game. Also, the hit detection is off a little bit in third person. Don't know what it is. You can put your reticle right on somebody and it doesn't shoot them sometimes. Or it's ghost bullets or it's connection or numerous different things. Some of the same issues that people have with Halo Infinite currently that they've been working on. It's in your rotating playlist in and out, like you're trying to keep it fresh, like it's Fortnite or something. You're not Fortnite. Matter of fact, Call of Duty, you have been in your own lane for quite some time. Battlefield is not your competition. Halo is not your competition. What other first person game? What CSGO? It's not the same game. You have no other competition. At this point, it kind of feels like to me you have uh, like 2K um, uh, basketball syndrome, Madden syndrome, where you're iterating on yourself but don't really know how to make the game any better. And then you come out and say, oh, well, we don't want to do slide cancel. We don't want want you to play while you're running running and everything because that's not the type of game that we're trying to create. Okay, then what game are you trying to create? Because obviously a lot of your player base isn't happy. And you're dependent on your player base to make your game successful. Because Warzone's free to play. And you're selling people skins and expect for them not to complain? Come on, guys. I just, I don't get the, the whole purpose of that um, personally, but I'm not a game dev. Um, I'm not in Activision. I don't know why they did it. Again, my biggest thing, and me and Paul talk about this all the time, is the secretiveness of the industry. If you're going to take something, tell me why, at least. Give me some form of reason because you are dependent on your base or your hardcore players to make sure that this game is going to continue to be successful. Again, you have big streamers who are also highly complaining about the game. These are people who have 5 million subs between our different, their, their different channels. 5 million subs. They, so there's a potentially... 5, 10, 15 million people who are hearing this rhetoric and are like, oh man, Warzone 1 was better. That could be a turnoff for some people. Again, the overall game is great. Same thing I feel about Halo. Overall game is great. But this time, it's not about, it's not the, it's not necessarily the lack of content. It's the, it's the pulling of content. And then not fixing things after you pull it. I don't get that. 
just my it's my personal kind of opinion on it. Again, I'm gonna continue to speak out on it because Call of Duty, Activision, Ravensoft, Infinity Ward, and everybody else. This Call of Duty has a prime opportunity to really stand out because there is nothing else like it, whether it's first person or third person. Nothing. The Ghost Recon isn't it? Rainbow Six Siege is something that's that's uh, something completely different. And I still don't think that's traditional Rainbow, but neither here or there. I still think that's a shot in the foot. There's no real other third-person game. Uncharted multiplayer isn't in existence. Factions is going to come out oh, God knows when. Um, Ghost Recon's multiplayer is hot ass to me, in my personal opinion. Gears of War, is that's a different game, and people are down on that. Takes you three minutes to find a match sometimes. Nobody has three minutes to sit here and wait and look at a screen all day. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Try to find a match. I don't have that problem in Call of Duty. So it's not, oh, oh we can't find people in the lobby. I'm playing, every time that I load up a game, I'm playing with a different set of people. So it's not that people aren't playing. So what is it? Server space, bugs, what? Oh, you just want to rotate modes out. This isn't a mode that you should rotate. It's a core gameplay mode in your core game. I just don't get it. Um, that's just me. Um, I'm going to get off my soapbox and that, go on for a tangent about that for a while. But again, uh, I am a multiplayer gamer, so I'm probably going to be a little bit more uh, critical about those types of things because I do get multiplayer games are something that I am extremely passionate about. Um, and when I just see th when I see the potential in something, Especially something that can compete with a monster like Fortnite, because we need something that's going to compete with Fortnite. Because if we don't, Fortnite is going to continue to be what it is. And right now, they're they're like kind of like Xbox right now, where they got their they got their pulse, they got their hand on the pulse of what the people want. Fortnite they, also can update every week because they 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 yeah. appeal to the kids too. Steel that too. That's that's the whole thing. It's that, that it's the graphics. It's it's go, Fortnite. Characters. Fortnite somehow, some way found the magic formula, right? And they and they transcended yeah. to a new level because they pull stealing in stealing from culture. That's what they did. They, they, right, right, but they, but but they had to do it in the right way. You could steal from, I mean, Call of Duty and all their skins. Yeah, right. They've got a ton of skins too. Yeah. Eventually, right? They still haven't started dabbling a thing, lot right? into other things. But yeah. the point being is, is that Fortnite came at the right time, at the right place. It hit the right way. And now that they went, but see, to your point, Steel, they listened and evolved with the no build mode, right? They 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 listened to a good portion of their fans yeah. that said, "I would love to play Fortnite, but I'm sick of the I'm sick of the building. I guess hate what? the building aspect." And guess what? They said, "Well, we're going to do a temporary, you know, we're going to do a no build mode." And guess what? It exploded, and they instantly made the decision permanent mode. We're we're going forward, no build. This is what it is. Right. You got me to play it. Right. I swore they, off of Fortnite. I'm, right. like, I'm not gonna play that BS. You dropped right. no build though. I was yeah. like, wow, yeah. this is actually kind of decent. And how many people have said that? I've seen people on Twitter. And again, they pull from a bigger base. Call of Duty's got a huge base, but they pull from an even bigger base because you get the kids right. all the way up to our age and above playing Fortnite, right? It's got that appeal. It's got that mass appeal. Call of Duty's got a mass appeal. Fortnite's on a whole nother scale. Yeah. But to your point, Call of Duty could be doing things 
to entice more people to jump in, right? To, to stay with it, to give the people the options that the people are asking for, such as yourself, just make that third person mode permanent. Just build off of that and create your own version of Fortnite, but Call of Duty, right? That's what you've got there. And people love it and people do appreciate it. And don't pull that back. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Steele. It is a weird decision to make at this point. Especially nowadays when people are so critical about bugs and everything like that. And it's just like, eh, instead of focusing on one aspect to make sure your core game is running great and and nobody could complain about that, you'd rather take modes out. I just... I just, doesn't make sense to me. Yep. Neither here or there. Um, that's pretty much been my week. Again, um, you definitely probably will end up seeing more from Nero Automata from me. Um, again, it's my one of my mainstays currently. Um, and then that's gonna be COD and um Naraka Blade Point. I've been jumping back in uh in and out of Naraka. Uh, there has been more people that have jumped in. Actually, um, they did announce this week the game is now available on uh PlayStation Four and Xbox. No. Not PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Excuse me. Um, so if you've got a VCR Xbox One now, you can play it natively on your box, which is ex- actually extremely impressive because um, it's not something that they had to do, but they felt it was, uh, they reached a, a bigger base and hopefully that, that's exactly what it does. Um, the Rocket also has crossplay and everything else. I mean, it's a good game, man. It's another one of those where um, if you're looking for a, a, a battle royale, but different, it's more melee focus. I put it some more, it's like, in the beginning, it's a lot of rock, paper, scissors kind of action where it just depends on who's going to throw out the right thing. But then as you get further into it, um, you come to understand the base mechanics, um, that you, there is other dodge mechanics. You don't have to always do certain things going into fights. And it adds a lot of variety. So I've been having a good time with that. Uh, shout out to Yodohime, my, uh, my main god in there. So, um, But with that being said man uh again beautiful people i want to thank you all for tuning into us um that was the intro uh for those who were behind the scenes with us again thank you for being here early and again audio listeners um if you're enjoying what you're getting so far hey leave us a little comment man after after the show or whenever you get a moment let us know how you're feeling about the show um let us know if you just feel like we're hot ass i want to know um i like when people can be upfront and honest and again we can't grow um unless we're able to take a little bit of criticism, right? So I think with this, it is the perfect opportunity for us to get into our upcoming games. I don't think there's a ton to get into, but I know there's quite, there's a few, um, but we can definitely get out. It's a big week for Game Pass. Steel. I bring that up because my phone's being kind of wonky for a second here. Why don't you okay. shout out some of the beautiful people in the chat? Let's do oh, it. Let's Tell do it because we do better. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Go, go, po. Casino. He says, good morning, folks. Good morning to you, man. How you feeling? Hopefully you all right this Saturday morning. Uh, Stubbs. Uh, he says he thinks the ABK deal will get blocked. I don't think it has much chance. It's very slim, but who knows? Hey, shout out to you, Stubbs. Love love when you come in and give your opinions, man. That's what it's about, uh, my, my fellow Gears brethren. A, a uh, contrarian through and through, Stubbs. That's that true. That's true. <laughs> that, that also. Shane G. What's going on? Back from the dead. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Jacob Nove. Papa, man. Crazy Greek dude. How you feeling? What's we got here? We got Lord Master Jasper himself. The sweaty. What's going on, man? Mr. Callisto Protocol, as I'm going to call him. Um, no. <laughs> Another game we got to talk about today. Uh, because yeah, it's actually yeah. kind of funny the amount of 
money that was spent on that game. Um, and again, nothing against the quality of the game or whatever the case, but it does speak a lot to when you have other games to compare it to, like a Horizon Forbidden West, a Spider-Man, a uh, God of War, a Halo, and then mm. you have Callisto Protocol. Mm-hmm. Mm. $168 million it took. But we'll talk about it. Weird. Uh, all that for Dead Space to overshadow you. Ah, ah. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, who else we got in here? Poison Maniac. Shout out to you, man. We've been going back and forth throughout the week. Uh, definitely been more active on my timeline, so that's always a beautiful thing to see. Another thing, too, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, you can't be mad if you're not getting engagement if you're not active on social media, right? You don't always have to say something, but if you're not retweeting other people's things, also, in case you didn't know, a lot of people don't, apparently. On Twitter, you can change your timeline from for you yes. to following. Yes. I would suggest you change it to following so you do see more of the content that you're wanting to see. Please. That'll solve a lot of people's problems. A lot of people aren't paying attention to that and wondering why they can't see stuff. That's probably one of the reasons. Again, hey, if you're not active, you can't expect to get engagement if you're not active. Um, that's why I try to continuously post. That's why I continue to retweet. Uh, I try to write comments, quote, retweet, stuff like that. And again, I, I don't see everything. I don't live on Twitter like some people do. So uh, to each your own. Oh, who else we got in here rocking and rolling? Six layer. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Shane. Sean, talk that shit. TTS, go check out Sean's channel. Of course, he's also part of We Bleed Green. You got to go check out Dirt's channel. We Bleed Green, always a great, fun show. Uh, lots of laughs. Those yeah, guys yeah, are crazy. Absolutely. Other guys. Uh, Decado, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, who else we got locked and loaded? Uh, shout it out, Bat Nam Omar. He was like, still region, and he had uh, put faces after that. Um, I said, make it make sense. He was like, yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, <laughs> Google Poe, what's how you doing, man? How you feeling? Next, oh man, always good, always good to see you. Uh, Andrew Cullinan, what's going on, man? Back from the dead in here as well. We got Why So Serious showing up in here as well. Stuff Sean, what's going on, man? Ray Oid, what's popping, man? Uh, who else we got in here? Blue Moon, I see you rocking and rolling. Caitlin, uh, who is probably going to lead our, um, Living split screen only fan. She's going to be the manager. Um, oh, okay. Apparently, okay. she's going to be the manager. She's going to make sure that we get the content out on time. And hashtag uh, gamer boys. Let's go. Season season three. Hashtag gamer boys. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully, you guys are ready. Uh, I, I I told no. uh, Hey, like I said, I'm not participating. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I put the sweatpants on. Put the controller in the lap. Have okay. I, well, we, no, um, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure my wife wouldn't approve either. Uh, retro nerd, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, who else we got here? Dreadpool breaking bread with dread. Please, ladies and gentlemen, take that out. One of the uh, he does some dread does some amazing, great interviews. Uh, we gotta chop it up again sometime, man. Uh, love that, love that little meeting we had down there in yes, the sir. southern part of Florida, man. Um, we had a good time. Muppet, Muppet one one six nine. What's going on, Muppet? Muppet. I see you in here. What's going I on? I know, man? I see you in here. Yeah, uh, Jigga J, I see you. Black oh, Card Day. Oh, uh, yes. Jesse B, Silverback again was popping. Um, crew, we got the crew in here today. Yeah, man, we got, always, got man. y'all. Are, y'all are in here knee deep. It's like y'all are in the. It's like y'all are in the shallow end today. 
who said, hey, we're going to dive the jump and we're going to dive off the diving board straight into the deep end, 10 feet deep. We're all here. No floaties. And we're going to get it in. Uh, Kalanta said Taco Bell for breakfast. Actually, all right. hey, hey, they got some good breakfast. Hey, if you want a good breakfast burrito, don't go to McDonald's. Don't go to anywhere else. Go to Taco Bell. Go to people who actually specialize in, in making burritos. And it's not bad, actually. Not bad at all. Hey, well, specialize is a strong word, sir. I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, it depends on where you're at. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specialize, authentic. Those aren't words. That no, no, I didn't say about. they were authentic. <laughs> I just said they know how to roll burritos. That's that's it. They know how to roll a burrito and warm it up. That's all I'm saying. Brian um, Barnes, happy Saturday to you as well. I see you dropping in. What's going on, it's man? It's Timmy. It's Timmy dropped in here as well. Chargasms in the house as well. Please hit that hey, like button and share us out, please. Yeah, really yes, appreciate please. that. Helps with the old, the old algorithms. If you yes, it uh, does. please can help us with that. But um, if we All missed right. you, greatly appreciate you uh, for being here. Um, shout, shout it out in the chat. I'll show you some love in the chat. Uh, but let's get into these upcoming games, man. Let's see what we can give the people uh, to get ready for to be excited about. And if you're listening in the future, we love you as well. So thank you for that listening to us from the thank future. You. Thank you Ooh. very much. All right. Uh, so, yeah, this week, it is the week of the 16th of January. Time is flying. And let me tell you, for all you youngsters, the older you get, the quicker it flies. I'm just going to warn you right now. It is crazy how this works. So. Uh, this week, like Steele said, we don't have a lot of big games, but for Game Pass, and it's not going to be for everybody, we have stellar games this week for Game Pass. Uh, so uh, we've got, we're going to start off with uh, Gigantosaurus Dino Kart. Sounds like another kart racer coming, Steele. Yeah, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Everybody tries to find that pot of gold in the kart racers. Maybe this is the one. I'm assuming it's it's, it's got dinosaurs still. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to hope so. It had dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. That kind of name. <laughs> uh, then we've got a space for the Unbound coming to PlayStation Five, Xbox Series, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, hold space on, real quick. I want to show the I want to show the people the game, but you know, yeah. my is it uh, not is it not is it not rolling? My internet just said, you know what? I'll be ready when you when you're already streaming. Okay, I know okay. you got I know you got a gig download, but look, I need you to take your time. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, I got it. I got it up on screen for you. All right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. So, Space Unbound that's coming this week. It looks like an adventure game, single player uh, game from a smaller studio that I've never heard of, Mojican, uh, which Mojica. I've never heard of, Mojican. Um, so uh, go check that one out. Uh, then we got Colossal Cave coming to PlayStation Five, Xbox Series, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Switch, Switch, and Switch. PC. Switch. We got the Switch. Cygnus uh, Entertainment developed and published another adventure game. Uh, we've got pirates. We've got bears. We've got dragons, and we've got orcs. Oh my. Oh my, we got there's it all. A, there's a lot going on in this game. Huh? I'm kind of <laughs> concerned and confused at the same time. Uh, I don't know. It's, those are two feelings that you usually don't yeah, want. I know. I know. Hey, hey, pirates, bears, come on, man. Let's go. Uh, Colossal Cave, that is that one. Then we are going to start with the Game Pass uh, plethora this I week. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. And again, it's not going to be for everybody. So if you're not excited about these, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm extremely excited. Again, I am up to my. I'm going to be up to my eyeballs in Persona here because this week I've right. still got to get to five. 
But now I can actually start with three because Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3 Portal is dropping this week for the Xbox Series consoles, for the PlayStation, for Xbox One, for Switch, Switch, for PC. That is dropping this week. And of course, it's dropping into Game Pass. I've already got a pre-downloader ready to rock and roll. And of course, along with that, the one that I was clamoring for, if you, I said, if Atlas, if you're going to drop any game, please bring this to consoles finally. Persona 4 Golden, still to this day, for a percentage of the Persona players, is the best Persona ever made, even with Persona 5 Royale. Persona 4 Golden, again, with Persona, it's all about the characters. That's what it is. It's all about the characters. It's all about the development. It's all about the story. Persona 4 Golden, and again, I haven't played enough Persona 5 Royal to say I like the characters more than I do of Persona 4 Golden. I can't wait to get back to this again. I played it on the Vita. I played it on PlayStation TV, on the big screen. Play, uh, this is classic. Persona 4 Golden, first time on consoles this week. Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch. Coming in Game Pass. So, again... If you ask me where you should start with Personas, if you want the best, most classic, complete Persona game out there, Persona 4 Golden is the one I'm still going to direct you to. I know people will now differ with me with Persona 5 Royale. I get it. Don't get me wrong. Persona 5 Royale, from what i played so far, great, fantastic game. I understand why people are so hyped. But for me, Persona 4 Golden is still the benchmark. So go check that one out. These are turn-based, right? Yes. Yes. They are all turn-based, yes. I got them either way. I, I, yeah, I played I the uh, Persona Strikers, I believe yes. it was called. Um, yeah. And based off of that, I, I, of course, I mean, I'm not the turn-based fan anymore like, like right. I was back in the day, of course, like with the classic Final Fantasies. But um, just uh, I couldn't get into it. But, hey, again, the fact that it is um, overall coming to Game Pass, though, I think it's a beauty in itself. Um, because, yes. again, they didn't have to do this. The fact that they're bringing it over – Means they do want to try to bring more of a base in. Atlas is here, and again, Golden again it was on PC and it was on Vita. It was on that's it. Yeah. So nobody on console had access to this. Persona Four Golden is beautiful. I can't wait for everybody to jump into this game. Um, and then we've got Fire Emblem Engage coming to the Switch January twentieth. Uh, again, Fire Emblem fans, one of the series that I do miss, um, that I wish uh, I had a Nintendo for. It's one of the few out there. Uh, Fire Emblem, you know, not everybody's a fan of Fire oh. Emblems either. It's a lot of story. It's a lot of character-driven development. Um, but I love Fire Emblem's world, so they're getting another one. Fire Emblem Engage coming out. Strategy, role-playing, you know what you're going to get there as well. Uh, coming to Switch. And then another Game Pass, and Steel touched on this earlier. Listen, this is cool that it's finally coming to Xbox and PlayStation um, for a change. Uh, but the fact that it's dropping into Game Pass, I think the engagement is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, and it's coming updated. Yeah, it's coming updated as well. 120 frames on the Xbox Series console. So guess what? Monster Hunter Rise is dropping into Game Pass along with your ability to purchase it elsewhere or on Xbox if you wish on January 20th. Monster Hunter Rise looks absolutely cool. I played Monster. I was a Monster Hunter fan from back in the day. I was playing yeah. on the PSP, on the Vita. I never got into the multiplayer aspect. I hopped into World. I was not in this community. I hadn't met Steel yet. I hadn't met the Fun Speculation family. All everybody. I didn't have a group to play with. 
Monster Hunter World, I loved, but again, it was much better experience in multiplayer. It's yeah. not a single player game. Um, it is, but it can the, be, but it's it not. can be, not, but not. I'm not like that. So I hopped into Monster Hunter World day one, played it for a while, and was like, yeah, yeah just I, I love it, but I'm not going to put the time in. Now, with Monster Hunter Rise coming to Game Pass, now that I've met somebody like Steel, who is hardcore Monster Hunter. I, you know, to be, I have the ability to jump in with him and run through this with some other people. I'm going to do it. Uh, I can't wait. And correction, sick. Yeah. Monster Hunter is not cross-play. No. It's cross-progression on Xbox. Yes. Within the Xbox ecosystem, because how Xbox has designed their back end, which is the one of the greatest feats that they have created in the gaming space. And... It's, it's weird in some aspects, but it's also understandable because it's, it's an advantage that Xbox has. But within the Xbox ecosystem, so if you're using Game Pass for a, a PC or if you're playing on Xbox, your save will move with you regardless because it is tied to your gamer tag. That is such a beautiful thing to see. So you have the option, for an example, I'm not running with the wife. I'm not running with Palm. I'm not running with whoever. And I want to come back to the PC to get the full experience of better fidelity and everything else. I have the opportunity to do that. And then when people get online and we want to connect and group up, I get right back on the box and boom, all my stuff is right there and I'm ready to go. That is such a great thing to see. Um, they didn't have to offer that and they do. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's awesome, man. Um, but again, no crossplay. And I, I wish that it would have crossplay. I think Monster Hunter, yeah. especially because this is more of a mainline Monster Hunter game, um, worse, whereas World was more westernized, although still mm-hmm. Monster Hunter at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But this is more of the mainline series. Mm-hmm. So to see it coming, fully updated, 120 on Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. uh, that is, is, I think this is going to be. I think World did something um, that yeah. Capcom recognizes, and mm-hmm. I think this is going to be something that they start doing going into the future. Whereas, hey, it might be on Switch or like in the beginning, or on on its usual platforms in the beginning, and then boom, after some time, we'll, they'll move it over. Um, and I think that time is going to get cut off, uh, cut down, shorter and shorter. Yeah, and like you said, Steel Capcom recognizes the importance because they actually improve the game. For yeah. the more powerful consoles, yeah, which is exactly they what you want to see. They could have gave you nope. the same they Switch game, it. and yep, yep, they could have said, "Hey, the Switch version," go. and here you go, have fun. Not what they did at at 480p or whatever the hell it is. Hopefully. But that shows me, that, <laughs> yeah, they that care. also shows me that they yeah. care about the IP. Monster Hunter is not some IP just to sleep on, guys. Like, no. do a little bit of research on it. People love Monster Hunter. Like, this mm. is not some super casual game or some niche game. No, people love this shit. Uh, so yeah. it's going to be exciting to see how they how it ends up doing on game. I'm definitely too, going to download it. Too bad they did the movie the way they did. <laughs> Look, I like Mila. I like the Resident Evil movies. I love movies. Mila. Look, I love I, Mila. But I haven't but. watched the movie myself, but yeah. I can't imagine that it was that great. Like, Nope. That's, unless you're going to fully go that direction, you can't try to make it realistic. Yet. Not like, they, come on. They did kind of. It's, like I said, when I, when, I, when I talked about it here about watching it, they did. Uh, they did some fan service for Monster Hunter, uh, for sure, for Monster Hunter fans. But yeah, no, it was not great at yeah. all. So, but anyways, uh, neither here nor there. 
Positive Hunter Rise coming this week. Enjoy it, everybody. Uh, I know I will be for sure. And then the last one, we're going to end in, I don't know how I feel about this title, but here we are. Pocket Card Jockey. Ride on. Coming to iOS. Hey, this is coming Pocket from Game Freak. Card Jockey. Ride on. Yes, it's a horse racing game with cards. So, hey, you know, you, got, you have Pokemon and now you got Pocket Jockey. Yep, you got ponies. So you're good to go. Hey, hey. it's a pony game. <laughs> it's a it's pony on game. Apple. Wow. Yeah. There's, wow. A, there's a lot of uh, mentality. It's a lot. There's the same there. Right? Anyway, anyway, not nah, a whole yeah. different tangent between it PlayStation is. and Apple. There's a lot of the same mentality there. Um, yep. Either here. Or next next week we've got some more. We got some interesting stuff next week. Um. So. Um, yeah, one, I mean, we got uh, yeah, we do one one we of the do. highlights definitely in next week um is going to be I personally think it's going to end up being Forspoken. Uh, the other thing that we see is the uh, Callisto Protocol Killer, um, and that's its own game in uh, the Dead Space remake. And I don't under I don't anybody in the chat. Risen is coming next week. Okay, Risen. If you guys don't know Risen, Risen's old school double A. Uh, RPG, fantastic back in the day. Uh, terrible performance, muddy graphics, still a great game. Risen, but they're showing that it's releasing for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. So they must be doing a port? Yeah, it looks like it wasn't. But it was already backwards compatible on Xbox. Um, so I don't know uh, what they're doing. I didn't know this was... like I. Trying to think, Steel. I'm trying to think. I, I we taken a lot of information. I don't remember. Aren't they doing a? They're doing a remake of Risen, aren't they? I, I thought that's what the conversations were going. But, on. but I, this I don't remember, can't though. be the re. No, I don't. No, this, this isn't the. Re- this can't be the remake. This is coming for PlayStation Four and Xbox One. I don't. Yeah. So they're bringing it forward and they're bringing it to Switch. So is this like a re-release? Again, this. If anybody Absolutely. doesn't know, this is 2009 on the PC, 2010 on the Xbox. Back in the day. Um, interesting, but yeah, Risen's next week. Sorry, I didn't mean to go. That's next week. I'm gonna look into that and find out more about it and see what this is because I don't remember this announcement ever. Uh, so interesting though. Uh, but yeah, next week has definitely got some interesting titles. Um, as we get closer to the end of the month, and of course, Age Empires 2 Definitive Edition is coming, which is all that matters. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but anyways, that was your upcoming week of gaming. So, uh, everybody buckle up, it's gonna be a fun week. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun week. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, if anything, again, we got more and more games that are coming on the line. Again, more things that I got to add to my backlog. Um, again, Monster Hunter Rise with it being more co-op focused is going to put me in a different spot. Also, and I just, I just love that over the top nature of that game. Um, and for it to be coming out this week, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. All right, so. Paul, where you want to go with this, man? Where you want, where you want to start off with, man? Well, how you feeling? I, 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 man, I'm the the world is yours, man. It, it, you you tell me where you want to go. You wanna you wanna start out with Ubisoft on fire. You want to get right into January twenty fifth and the big uh, developer direct. Uh, we got probably, lots let's, start off, let's start off with some smoke, man, because um yeah. I know that you're that you're pretty amped up about Starfield um and some of the talk that's been going around the uh, <laughs> interwebs oh, uh, for, per se. Yeah, but yeah. Let's start off with some with some with some hot fire. Um, so. Uh, January 25th is the um, it has been fully announced by Xbox themselves that they will be having a uh, basically a developer 
uh, direct, excuse me, um, that's going to be about 45 minutes long um, with no floating faces or anything like that. Um, it's supposed to be gameplay Almost. and uh, coming directly from the studios themselves. Yep. I'm kind of excited about that. I know a lot of people, um, as somebody who has, I have an overall care about the industry, so I, I can see that peek behind the curtain. Um, versus you just pitching me a game. Um, show me, show me some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I'm kind of excited for it just because knowing that we're gonna also get some more stuff from Redfall. Uh, we're gonna get some stuff from Elder Scrolls Online, which I know Pong was hoping that um they might bring cross save over or something like that that he could bring over his data. Supposed to announce an uh, exciting new feature still. That that would be really dope. And again, I I, I still got my character, so my character didn't back. die. I'll be back, Steel. If they allow me to bring it over from PlayStation, I'll be back. I'll, I'll get. I'll run some. I'll run it with you again. The Elder Scrolls Online was the one that really pulled me in. Um, there's also going to be what well, the other two games are going to be there: Forza Motorsport and uh, did I say Redfall already? Yeah, okay. you said Redfall. So uh, let me read this real quick, Steel, and then I'll give everybody kind of. Uh, this is coming from Bethesda's uh, announcement of it, which is the same as Xbox's, presented by the game creators themselves from the studios, including Arcane, Austin, Mojang Studios, Turn Ten Studios, and Zenimax Online. The developer direct will focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases, and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months. The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. Uh, to dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studio Starfield, a standalone show is now in the works. Uh, so tune in at uh, January 25th, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time to see all the latest news. Nice. So with that, I think that's them give answering a lot of the questions that we were kind of looking for um, as far as like, hey, You've been pitching these games, we've been talking about these games, we haven't seen nothing about them, and now they come out with it. Um, I'm the biggest thing that has me excited about this show is gonna be Forza Motorsport. I'm still iffy on Redfall. I want to see more gameplay. Um, and again, the customization could be one of the bigger aspects that pulls me in. Um, and again, with it being vampires, that's that's one bigger way to pull me in. I'm uh I'm a Buffy the Vampire Slayer from back in the day fan, so um, and still am honestly sir michelle geller thank you yes sir Um, yes funky nose and all i love it i do i do have some hope for redfall more so than anything that the game is going to be great i don't have a history with arcane nor do i have any interest in playing any of their games i did play the original dishonored um for a few hours when it originally came out and i don't remember anything about the game um and i don't have any true interest to go back um but it's also because I have so many other things to play, right? Um, so hopefully they do something to stand out from a lot that we're hearing. Um, there's going to be several minutes of gameplay from Redfall. Uh, we're going to learn about the combat, customization, bosses, the open world, and more. Uh, Forza, we're going to see some gameplay bust plus details. That's the one that's got me the most excited just because I want, again, you guys can take this how you want. Um, I've been on the Forza Motorsport train since Forza, Forza Motorsport 2 and saying that they completely have kicked Grant Turismo out of any talks um, where it comes to simulation racing or just the racing genre overall. And I do I, think... I, Steel, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. How do you feel about this? Because I saw this discussion going around this week on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. Hmm. Boy, oh boy, did the hardcore racing sim fans come out teeth okay. at the ready saying that Forza is not a sim racer it is a simcade it is not even close 
to the hardcore sim racers that are on PC. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't. Set of Yes, they set a set of courses, but they set up the uh, iRace as well. Okay, I, I think iRace. Uh, they were out in force this week saying Forza doesn't even support all the multiple steering wheels out there. That's fair. It, right, they came hard, baby. They were all over that. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought that was uh, interesting because, man, oh, man, I did not know there was that many people that were that, like, focused on it like they were ready like the minute somebody said i think it was maybe was it colt's post uh one of somebody out there put out that you know forza uh coming out the best uh sim racer blah 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 and man the comments were crazy i could not believe it so okay like and again this is where the conversation becomes quite difficult sometimes because now we're talking about nuances right um not necessarily mass popularity right right um correct I can understand why the hardcore feel like iRace and Assetto Corsa are the better simulation racing game. I get it. A little bit more detail and everything else. But I can't ignore that Gran Turismo or Forza Motorsport don't do some of the same things Mm -hmm. Um, or offer a similar experience. Is it the same? I'm not saying that it's the same. I'm never going to sit here and say, oh, this is better than this. And this is why I don't use a steering wheel. So Mm -hmm. that's maybe another perspective that I just don't have. I don't have any interest in that. I like to play racing games because I want to have a good time. If I want to go drive a car, I'm going to go drive a car. Um, If I had, you know, the space to, maybe I'd get a little racing set up and I'd practice every now and then and have a good time with that. But that's not why I play racing games. I play racing right. games because I want to get just lost in the race. I'm feeling good. Troll is real. I'm getting it in. It's not, I don't have to be hardcore about it, right? right? That's why I play. That's also why I play on the harder difficulties, why I do simulation everything. I used to do simulation damage also, and why I don't do simulation damage now um, because it's fucking annoying. And, it, and <laughs> it's, it's one of those conversations. It's like, what, okay, what aspects of sim are we talking about? Is it the way the car handles? Is it the damage that you're taking? Because honestly, mm-hmm. we want to talk about sim racing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're whipping your car back and forth, drifting and shit in a settled Corsa, and you're not doing actual damage to your car when yeah. you bump up against a wall or anything, then what are we talking? We, so you're talking about the mechanics of the game. Yeah, I, I, somebody brought up in one of the conversations. I thought this. I, I never knew there's a game out there. I don't know if it's iRacer or if it's a different one, but there's a sim racer out there where you can be playing career mode and your driver can die and you have to start all over. Like, why would I want to play that? <laughs> because hardcore, why, baby. Why, why is that enticing them? No. Forza Motorsport, again, these games have been created. To, I didn't want to derail the conversation. No, Sorry. Good, I just good. thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, it's, important, it's an important conversation, I feel like. Mm. But Forza Motorsport and Gran Turismo were created to give people an experience that, across, that covered a wide range. Not just one side or not just the other side. That's why they have the difficulty options in there and why they, we, we, unless they don't want to admit this either, Forza Motorsport, and I'll give it to Gran Turismo a little bit more so on Motorsport, has the most accessibility for a quote-unquote sim racer. You can tailor your experience to however you want to tailor your experience. Same way I play, it's like Forza Horizon. I can't agree that necessarily Forza Motorsport is a simcade because that's what Horizon is. Horizon is the simcade. It's not Need for Speed. That's arcade. 
and it's not motorsport, that's more simulation. Now, is it real life? Uh, no. Maybe not. But, no. Is it, but is, do they use that basis? Some, yes. That's why they've continued to iterate on it. But that's also why in this motorsport that's coming out, Turn 10 themselves have come out and said, the difference in this new motorsport is going to be like the difference between going from Forza Motorsport 4 to 7. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a vast difference. You're mm-hmm. talking about three to four games of a difference mm-hmm. where they were put churning out games almost every other year. They right. couldn't really sit down and make influential changes. And it's also making cars a car game isn't easy, especially when you're putting passion and dedication to I saw a statistic about Gran Turismo, and again, people feel how you want to, but um, it was like, it takes 240 days to make one car in Gran Turismo. I don't know if that's true or not, but good God. I mean, I do know that there's a lot that goes into it, especially when you are someone that is uh, detail-driven. Correct. And I know Turn 10 is that way also. Turn right. 10 takes what they do very seriously. So mm-hmm. I don't want to downplay them and say they're, oh, they're, it's not a sim game. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a simulation racer that has many uh, accessibility options, sure. um, I'll say. Good way so, to put it. To where anybody can kind of jump in and have that feeling mm-hmm. versus you're just jumping in a set of course and thinking you're gonna have, just going to have a good time. You could, but you see the type of people that play those games steering wheels, people that, you know, they take this and they may take it into real life. I see people all the time. They play a set of courses, they train, they train, they train, they train, and then they go to a drift track in real life and it does transfer over. I'll be honest to say, it's one of the, the biggest... of the Gran Turismo movie, Steel. Exactly. <laughs> the other reason, like, I, well, I will continue to support motorsport and say that it is along the sim racing side... I learned how to drive off a of, off a of motor. I know steering wheel. I my basis of learning to drive when I was 15, 16 years old was me based off of me playing uh, from motorsport two on forward. That's what it was built off of the braking, uh, when to put it, apply gas, how to approach how to approach a turn, the the hardcore nature of it. I was able to apply in real life. It did make me a better driver. Now, I also was a speed demon, but that's something completely different. Um, you know, I had to feel like I was Vin Diesel, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't quite bald yet, but um, <laughs> neither here or there. Again, that's going to be, it's, it's so difficult when bald. people. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's so weird when people try, especially the hardcore. It's, it's always so funny because uh, it's, it's like us arguing about what game is better, right? Mm. Um, whether it's God of War or Halo or whatever the case might be between the two different platforms. But the hardcore get to arguing about, no, this is the true, this is what the true experience is. Like overall, guys, what we want is for more people to experience mm-hmm. what you're so up in arms about or try mm-hmm. to experience, sure. right? Bring more, bring more acts, bring more eyes to it, bring more attention to it. I think that that's one of Turn 10's main goals. And that's why they're going through the, it probably is a strenuous process, but why they're, they're taking their time with building this game out. Um, well, it's so, a brand new engine. so Brand, brand new engine. If we yeah. get, end up getting ray tracing in the game, that's great, even though I think ray trace is overrated. Whatever the case, there's other things that they can focus on. They pull it off, though. But if they pull it off, again, yeah. 
Yeah. Motorsport could be the one game that shows us why we got our console. Right. And that's typically how races are anyway. That's what these games are made for. Uh, well, back in the day, at least that's what how it was back in the day you used to launch with a racer to show exactly. it off. Exactly, that, that was one of the this is one of the games you always had. At launch. This is what the console is capable of, and I know people try to make it seem like because there was some smoke about playground and everything this week, also mm-hmm. with people leaving and oh, uh, Horizon's doomed now, and oh, there's no chance. It's such nonsense, man! It's just it is. Such nonsense. Look. We'll get into that later. We'll get into yeah, that later. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll but talk about that later. <laughs> I, I'm I'm most excited for Motorsport because I do want to see the magic that yeah. it brings to the forefront. That's what Turn Ten has been. That that's been their thing every time. No previous game has been. No next game that they put out is worse than the last game. Always better. And like Mav made the point, the main thing that I want to see from them is a good story mode, a good campaign. Right. Not story because who cares about the story, but a good campaign. <laughs> That's the one thing that I still think Gran Turismo had a leg up on Forza. Yes. Um, and it's the class system. Making it feel like you're earning the cars. Making it feel like you are the experience. That everything you do is earned, not given. And that's what Forza's kind of been turned into. Here, we're going to give you, give you, give you, give you. And I, I just don't see why they haven't added that. I don't know why you can't have both. I, I just I, I've never yeah, understood that, and that's one thing Mav and I have agreed upon, and obviously agree with you, Steele, with Gran Turismo, is that career mode and earning your way through the licenses, earning your cars, selling your used cars. That portion I have called for Turn Ten to implement into Forza. You can have both modes. You easily could have both modes, and 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 I don't understand why they didn't because it would offer more content. People who want to jump into a hardcore career mode, fantastic. Yeah. Jump into a hardcore career mode, work your way up. And then all of a sudden, if I'm playing career mode, and I'm like, damn, I just really want to race with my Ferrari. I'm going to hop over and just do it that way and have my garage filled with cars. And then I can just go play. But go back to my career mode and keep earning. Like, I just, I, I well, really wish they would. Basically, what you could do is have like an arcade yeah. mode and then yes. you could have your right. campaign mode. Right. You're, yes. I mean, that's how a lot of racing games used to do right. back in the day, where you had that separation. You had right. different cars you could play with, and that could be one thing that they do that does offer something different. Because there aren't, yeah. there's no other game that really offers you that right now. And it would be a way for them to kind of refine the experience back for someone like myself that wants to work their way up to the classes. Because I understand what it feels like to drive a B class car. <laughs> an e-class car <laughs> to drive a used 1992 to supra for, yeah, ex- uh, for 100 races <laughs> and then and then and then when you finally slap the big boy turbo on it you slap the intake on it you slap the new exhaust go on get it. your oil change and your car wash yeah <laughs> and then you slap the big boy oil uh air filter on there and you change the inner like there's something about that experience that's also appealing to someone like me and i want Absolutely. them to to bring Absolutely. that back or uh, to at least take that part of Gran Turismo if they're going to take anything. Um, so hopefully they hit those. Um, that's really going to be the the main the main key points for me on that. Minecraft uh, Legends. They have, uh, I heard Jez talk about some of the aspects of that. How it's going to be yeah. like a more like a hero based RTS type style game, like a yeah. Rift Breaker for an example. Yeah. Uh, where you go out, you control the units, but you can also fight. But you can't. Yeah. But you got to make sure that you got stuff set up because you can't just overpower everything. Um, yeah. It has to be some strategy to it, which I think is going to be also really dope. Um, 
Then what yeah, was co-op. the oh, and then Elder Scrolls Online uh, brought up yeah. earlier? Hopefully they do do that for you, Pong, where you can bring your saves over. Um, hopefully PlayStation didn't delete your save because you haven't had uh, your access to play to the PlayStation. It should, it'll be on their servers. It'll be on okay, the ESO okay. servers. On, ESO, so yeah, hey, yeah. That's that's fucking that's that's a godsend. Um, yeah. so that if they end up doing that, that is going to be a way to bring the game alive again. Uh, although I do know currently sure. Elder Scrolls Online is still one of the, one of the biggest MMOs yeah. being played right now. Still, whether you guys want to accept it or not, it still looks good, still looks clean. It's been updated, it's been consistently updated. And like Pong mentioned, if they do bring that in and Pong's able to bring his saves over, then guess what? I think I'm going to find yeah. myself back in the Elder Scrolls <laughs> Online universe. Um, Love it. And I was... I played it fully in third person. I loved the, my entire experience through it. And it'd be interesting to see how we would be jumping back into yeah. in the co-op aspect. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did some of it in co-op, but I, did, I think I did a lot of it single player. Um, so that's going to be all awesome to see too. Yeah. Um, it's um, going to be 40, it's going to be 45 minutes 45 long. Minutes, yeah. Um, yeah. 43, Aaron, Aaron said, uh, it's going to be about 43 minutes because ESO is going to have a separate deep dive afterwards as well. So that's going to be going on afterwards as well. Um, as far as I felt about this deal, listen, I'll, I'll start with this too, and I'll bring you back into the conversation with this too, because I wanted to touch on this again. For everybody out there, um, I did my victory lap on PM to PM. Um, for everybody out there who's had problems, and there is, uh, you know, a, a portion of the Xbox community um, that we do interact with that has a problem with the criticism that we gave Microsoft for the marketing. Um, yeah. That we talked about this consistently. Um, again, you can go back to Boom Show after the Zenimax acquisition was announced, not even completed, but as soon as they announced that they were buying Zenimax. We had talks on Boom Show. What are they going to do with all this content? How are they going to show off all these games with all these studios? What are they going to do going forward? And we talked about them going to a direct style, going to a state of play style of show added to what they already do at the E3 showcase, what they already do at the v, uh, you know the Video Game Awards, what they already do at Gamescom, Tokyo Game Show, etc. That we felt that they needed to have extra shows throughout the year, whether it's whether it's a couple shows, whether it's quarterly, whatever the case may be, they needed to put a spotlight on games that were soon releasing. And that was going to be necessary because they have so much content to go through. Uh, and obviously, we don't know when it was going to start. We didn't know that, you know, 2022 was going to be the way it was with their first party. We didn't know any of that, but we had those conversations. We've carried those conversations forward. And on all the shows, we've talked about Xbox has to do a better job of marketing. Their marketing is not up to par with your Nintendos, with your Sonys. And there's a portion of this community who has a problem when you criticize Xbox at any turn or point. And so for me, this is a big big move for Xbox to bring this type of show. This is exactly what we were talking about. Now we gave them the smoke for not showing up at the game awards, um, which has been vital to them for the past about three years. They announced the series X at the game award. You don't get much bigger than announcing your brand new console. So to, for people out there saying, Oh, the game awards aren't a big deal. Bullshit. It was obviously a big deal to Xbox. They showed off Hellblade 2. They showed off the Fable announcement trailer there. The big Perfect Dark 
uh, was there at the Game Awards. The Game Awards were huge. So when they didn't show up there, that was a big deal this year. And I don't care what you think about Keeley. I don't think care if you think it's a Sony show. Xbox fills on the board for the Game Awards. They do the Game Awards from the Microsoft um, stage, right, at the theater, the Microsoft theater. It's a big deal. So when they didn't show up, we gave them some criticism. What I did say after that when we were on live, when we covered it live, is listen, this is a big miss for Xbox not showing up at the Game Awards. However, if they, in fact, have a show planned for January or February, if they're going to do their own XO or if they're going to do their own direct style show, then that makes total sense why they weren't at the Game Awards. I said that live while we were talking about it. This is the reason why we gave them criticism. And obviously, our thought process, even though we're not marketing extraordinaires, even though we're not marketing specialists, even though we don't have degrees in marketing, even though we don't work for Xbox, as people who passionately follow this industry, for people who actually do pay attention to more than just what games are releasing. We actually do read business articles. We do think about this stuff and talk about this stuff. We have a general baseline knowledge. And obviously this time, our opinions, which is all they are, they're opinions. None of us claim to be experts. None of us say, hey, I'm speaking directly for Xbox here. None of us claim that on any of these shows. But for those of us that do pay attention, our thought process obviously aligned with Microsoft and the higher ups at Microsoft. Yeah. They obviously either were listening or they themselves understood that their marketing was lacking and that they needed to do something to promote the games that are coming out soon. So here we are. Now they announce a developer direct. What do they do? They take out the host. They take out the nonsense. They give us exactly what we've been asking for. Gameplay hosted by the developers themselves, giving us a look at what they do. And this is perfect. This is beautiful. I'm so excited that they announced this. I'm so happy that they're going to give the spotlight to their big first party titles. And maybe, maybe, just maybe. We don't know for sure. We don't know if there's going to be anything else there. We don't know any of that. I'm not going to go overboard. This is not another E3 show. This isn't even an XO level event here. But maybe we get some Game Pass stuff in here as well, which they like to do. So maybe they'll put a spotlight on your Atomic Hearts that are coming out, um, which Steel and I will talk about later. Maybe they put a spotlight on some of those. But this is exactly what was needed, folks. This is why we talk about this all the time. This is perfect. Getting another look at Redfall after a great interview on Games Radar that kind of opened people's eyes that didn't understand what Redfall was going to be is fantastic. Showing off Forza Motorsport. Again, I said, right or wrong, that I thought that maybe Forza Motorsport could be pushed. Well, what it's looking like now, if they're going to show this, and they specifically said games coming out in the next few months, Again, as Mav pointed out, what's a few to you? A few to me is less than six, three or more. So that puts us right into any time between April and June. So if Forza Motorsport is going to be ready and Turn 10 is ready to push this thing out, man, oh man, like Steel was saying, exciting to get to see this racer that they built from the ground up on a brand new engine. I can't wait to see what it does because it's going to push 
the visuals on the Series X. You know that already. That's what racers do. So that's great. Then to give the spotlight to a game like Minecraft Legends, and you can all laugh. I know there's people out there that like, oh, Minecraft Legends, what, whatever, stupid. I don't play Minecraft. Yeah, I don't man. like Minecraft, okay? I don't. I, I have no interest in the style. However, I did play Minecraft Dungeons for a short period of time, enjoyed it. Again, for me, it was like, hey, if I'm going to play an action RPG, I'll go back to Diablo. I'll go right. play a Path of Exile, whatever. But it was cool. It was a Minecraft game. It expands the the universe of Minecraft. It obviously appeals to a younger audience as well that already plays Minecraft. And they get to play a different style game that they never played. Well, guess what Minecraft Legends is going to do? It's going to introduce a whole new audience to RTS mechanics, Steel. Yes. It's going to introduce them to this niche game uh, genre in RTSs, right? And maybe... Create a whole new audience, a whole new fan base for RTSs. They play Minecraft Legends and go, man, I like this style. What else is out there? Oh, my God. Age of Empires 2, Definitive Edition. Wow, this looks a little bit more hardcore, but maybe I'll give it a try. And if you say, well, RTSs are always going to be for an older crowd. Let me tell you something. I taught my kid when he was about seven, eight years old how to play Lord of the Rings Battle Battle for Middle Earth. Okay? Kids pick up on this stuff. So Starcraft again, you and Warcraft were my thing, right? Bag. right. Command and Conquer, right. like that's my. That's what stuff. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So again, if they introduce it through Minecraft Legends, great. Minecraft Legends might interest me. I want to see more on it. The little bit that I have seen from it, the little bit that Jez talked about it, um, I think Colt put out some more information on it as well. Listen, it's got me interested. I might sit down and play this for a bit. Again, I'm going to have Age Empires too. So you know how much I don't know. But the fact that they're coming out with this is fantastic, and they're giving it a spotlight. They're not just giving it an Xbox wire post and saying, oh, by the way, Minecraft Legends, no, available now. Means you know, important. go check it out, RTS, a little you know, blurb, a little paragraph or two paragraphs on it. They're going to actually show it off and let the devs talk about it and explain exactly what this game is about. That is huge. This is exactly what we're talking about. There's only so much information that people can take in. I love the E3 showcases, right? I love it. I love the hour long show, but there's only so much you can show off and explain about a game in that format. You need an alternate format that is both visual audio that gives people an idea of the games that are coming out and not a big group of games, a very select few games that are coming out within the next few months. That's what gets people hype steel. Yeah. So again, this was a great show. I'm glad they announced it. I'm glad that it finally got confirmed because obviously there were still people out there. Who, it hasn't been confirmed yet. We don't listen. If this is the new way you're going to market Xbox, bravo. And I know that this might not be the final form. They're trying something completely different. They hired yeah. a bunch of people last year. Again, goes back to why we were speaking on it so much last year into this year. They hired a bunch of people. We knew they were ramping up their marketing team to start doing something new. And this is the first kind of four-way foray into that. They might look at this, and depending on how successful it is, they might tweak some things. They might change some things going forward. Right. But if they do this, if they make this a thing that is consistent throughout the year, where they do these showcases, like the Starfield one later on, and we'll talk about that. But if they decide to go this route, and they start creating that hype level for people, 
just like Nintendo Directs and State of Plays do. What happens when a Nintendo Direct comes out? Oh, I even watch Nintendo Directs, and I don't own a Nintendo. Why? Because you just want to go there and see what they're going to come out with. It's another version of that. If Xbox can duplicate that and create that talk around this where people outside of the Xbox ecosystem start coming to these things to watch them, they've done their job. They've done their job because now people say, boy, I didn't know Xbox was coming out with so many games. I'm used to Halo 4s and Gears. That's yeah. all we ever get from it. I'm used to, what? wait, they're coming out with all these different games. What's this Redfall? What's this Minecraft Legends? Oh my God, what's coming out next? And when the next one's announced and they announce another slate of games or two or three games, people are going to show up and be like, oh, wow, I didn't know Xbox was doing all this. Right. I didn't know they were doing this. That's how you build excitement. That's what happens with State of Plays. That's what happens with Nintendo Directs. Now, the fact that Xbox will continue to do an E3 showcase on top of it, the fact that they will still have a presence at Gamescom and 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 uh, Tokyo Game Show and maybe even the Game Awards this year, we'll wait and see. But the fact that they're going to have a presence throughout the entire year is nothing but a benefit to them. That is going to keep them in the conversation constantly outside of just the Xbox ecosystem. Because now what you also do is you force the media, the IGNs of the world, to cover this stuff. They have to talk about what was shown just like they do with everybody else. Not just a few times a year at the big shows, but now you got these smaller shows that are very focused and show off these games. And that's what you're going to be seeing. That's what the talk of the town is going to be after January 25th. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Steel, real quick, I want to bring you back in. As far as the marketing stuff, as far as everything we talked about here and elsewhere, these shows, did this align with what you kind of had thought when we were talking about the marketing stuff and what they should do going forward to give that spotlight? Did this align with what you were hoping for? Were you hoping for a bigger show? You know, do you expect a just one more thing? Not not mind-blowing, but we've heard Grub talk about Tango Gameworks yeah. and Hi-Fi Rush, a mm-hmm. smaller project being announced at the show potentially. He talked about that previously. Right. What do you think, Steele? What was your impression when you first heard that they officially announced it? When, when, I, when I first heard about it, I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting anything. Um, but again, that's that's me. I'm not always like, oh, it, it needs to be all these great things or I'm going to be mad. I'm also somebody who doesn't put that big of an influence on first party. Um, although, part of, uh, of course, I know first party matters. I mean, if that if it didn't, I wouldn't care about Halo and Gears the way that I care about them, or Spider Man, or um, other games of that ilk, for an example. Um, but for me, it was for me it was more so surprising than anything because I thought it was just going to be a hey, straight to the point. Um, this is what we got coming. Uh, stay tuned to E3 type thing um although they do have games that need that need to be announced and talked about um so i didn't know what i was expecting uh to be quite frank but when i saw this news um and then also saw that it was a more like a dev diary more than anything um at least that's the way that i took it that got me excited because i like again we talked we touched on this earlier the secretive the secretiveness of the industry is always something that we try to that we kind of speak speak up against right because it's like you guys don't have to be so secretive let us know what's going on and either people are going to be understandable or they're not and if your marketing team can't handle that then maybe you need to put somebody else in charge of marketing uh so they're not so affected on social media by people making random threats and everything else that's neither here or there but 
to hear that it's going to be of that ilk is something that's extremely exciting to me because I like to get that peek behind the curtain. Let the people who are developing these games tell me about the game. Now, it could be a miss because, again, 343 did the same thing, and we thought the game was going to be something completely different than what we got. And that, and that I do think that that was a little bit of a miss on that end where the dev diary or the kind of the behind the scene look did more than maybe they did then did more than then than what they needed excuse me um so in this case because these games are made by developers that have pretty much proven themselves arcane uh with redfall they've they have games that have been kind of in and out where there's dishonored one and two prey um or death loop um mm. there are fans of each game or each ip separately and i believe at least although they're not games that are interesting to me or games that i would just dive into i do feel like they have made good games up to this point so i so knowing that we're going to get more from redfall and get like several minutes of gameplay is hopefully going to do everything that i needed to do to be like okay yeah, just because it's in Game Pass, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna be able to have access to it regardless. But why should I spend time into it? Is it something I'm gonna be interested in, or are there gonna be things that maybe turn me off? And again, customization does a lot for me, and also the co-op aspect and knowing how um, we're supposed to be able to kind of influence each other's abilities, have the different mix-ups, and um, also the dialogue options. I want to see how they bring all this thing, all these things to life, because. Their gun mechanics, from what I can remember and hear people talk, talk about, not something that they are pride themselves on, right? Um, which is no. why they brought in. It wasn't ID. a focal point, right? right. It wasn't uh, a focal point. But that's exactly why they brought in IDs off, right? So the people who made Doom, one of the best optimized games that have, are in existence, and one of the best first-person shooters, honestly, um, mayhem shooters, honestly, um, that exist currently, means that they take it very serious. They're trying to create the best new ip that they could possibly create and that's the key i think that's one of the key components new ip mm -hmm. the same thing with minecraft legends again you're doing something that you don't necessarily have to do you're taking an existing ip and iterating on it um doing something completely different uh, again they could be, it can pull somebody like a me or you into it um and even if we only play it for 10 to 20 hours that's more than we probably would have ever put into minecraft by itself right. So boom, you automatically got new people into something, or maybe it could possibly get us to play Minecraft. Who knows? It could have that all it could have that same effect. So not because you're now kind of invested. And then the same thing I talked um same thing with Motorsport that I spoke on earlier. Yeah. I want to see this is a prime opportunity for Microsoft to really kick off their marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. Um this is, it, this is how we're going to do it. This is kind of how you separate yourself from, because we were kind of figuring that, hey, they might do those Nintendo style, PlayStation style, direct kind of thing, mm -hmm. showcase, whatever the case, where they highlight a few games. And this could be the new way that they present the information. Again, right. less people that are cringy and are trying to advertise and yeah, read things yeah. off a script that have, again, the, no the charisma. Twitch people. Yeah, Jeez. no Twitch. Again, if Twitch people are supposed to have charisma and they don't. I don't. I don't get that but uh, neither here or there but you instead of bringing people with no charisma because i guess nobody yeah. can find people with charisma I, uh hey but anyway um and just stick to what you need to talk about right because right? it's not right. halo gears and forza anymore 
now you have Forza, Redfall, Starfield, uh, Diablo. You got all these other games that are coming down the pipeline now that you can speak on uh, that are so much more of an offer than you've ever had before. So is this going to be the way that you do it from this? Um, <laughs> so that's what gets me the most excited about this presentation. Um, that's why I'm very hopeful um, that it that it does go really well, that it's paced well, uh, that they present the information really well, um, and that it gets me more hype for these games than I was possibly imagining. Because uh, right now, I don't know what else to expect out of motorsport uh, other than what right. we've seen previously. It, it looked good. They showed us some gameplay, but I also know that was a slice. That was literally them in development. They, hey, we we need something. Oh, okay, we got we got this ready to go right here. Here, here you go. Um, so that's not really necessary. I can't say that that's gameplay. Now, if it is, it is, and it can only be better from there if that's the case. Um, and the same thing with Ref on the other games too. So, um, that's that's what I'm hoping. That's kind of my. Do, do you think they show anything else here, Steel at all? Um, as far as the like the one more thing, or even even Game Pass stuff, do you think they throw stuff in there? Unless it's going to be the Game Pass family plan, that'd yeah. be the, that really would be the only uh, that would probably be the only other thing that I would imagine. Just because, how crazy would it be for you to start off your year mm-hmm. at your at this dev showcase and say, "Hey, as one more thing, we also want to announce today, starting today." Yeah, you can now sign up for the Game Pass, uh, Xbox yeah. Game Pass family plan, uh, that which is Game Pass Ultimate, and you can share it with up to five friends, right? Or four friends, including yourself. Man, what kind of conversation and kind of topics that would spawn throughout the week? Because that's blatantly telling people that you're here to give people options. Right. You're here to do something different within this industry, which has been one of my biggest points. Like we can keep hitting them over the head about first party and everything else, but they are trying to do something different. That's not mm-hmm. proven to work. We don't right. know if it's going to continue to work. It's worked for right. us right. and it's working for other people who um, maybe don't have necessarily the, the funds that buy every game that they want or, and e- but even for us, like even the people that may have those funds and be able to do some of those things, we still see the value in what's possible. Um, from Game Pass and everything that they're trying to implement, so that'll be my that'll probably be my one more thing right yeah. there. Will be the the family plan. Yeah, I talked about this on PM and the PM. I think it'd be a good again. I'm not going outside of expectations here. I'm not asking for the world from Microsoft at all uh, during this show. I, I think what they've presented, how transparent they've been, um, announcing that Starfield's not going to be there was great. Yeah, we'll get into the- Starfield here in a minute. What I do think, though, is if this is the show format going forward, my idea, and again, it's my opinion, not a marketing major or anything like that, but what would be cool to start, and it starts with this show, is giving a little hook at the end, Steele. Giving a little surprise. It doesn't have to be major. I'm not asking for a fable gameplay. I'm not asking for a perfect dark game. I'm not asking for any of that. What I'm saying is you do have one more thing at the end so that people start to expect that for each show. Again, that's a part of the reason why people show up to the directs and the state of plays is for the surprise, right? When a direct is, a Nintendo Direct is announced, what's the first thing? Are we going to see Metroid 4 or Prime? How are we going to see the new Switch announced, right? right? Because they have surprised in the past. That's why people always wonder if this is going to be the surprise. 
So you give them a little hook in this show so that the next show, when it's announced, the next developer direct announced by Xbox, people are like, oh, cool. You give me this list that, oh, we're going to talk about these games. Okay, awesome. What's the surprise going to be? What's the surprise going to be? Yeah. And again, it draws more people in. So I do like the idea. Again, I said personally, and again, I'm biased here. I understand all of that. But even as a business, I would personally drop the Starfield release date <laughs> during this show. As long, again, there's caveats to that. But I would say, hey, stay tuned. Coming up next couple months, whatever. We're going to have a Starfield showcase. But we want to drop this on you real quick and then show a quick, quick five-second action scene that we haven't seen before or planet we haven't seen before from or Starfield. You could do and the, they drop the date. You could redo the original 11, yeah. 11, 22 trailer that they did. You could. Do it you from could. a different angle or a different <laughs> – right. uh, right. I would With say just do, use the same thing <laughs> yeah. but a different angle yeah. and say yeah. 323, 23. I yeah. think – It would again, be huge. We're, we're hearing – we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into uh, this. Probably now since we're, we're yeah. kind of yeah. speaking on it. But yeah. I do think I like where you're kind of going with that, man, because yeah. it would kind of lean back into what we've been missing throughout the years as far as like teases being made and everything else. Yeah. You know how much conversation and how many, how many people would be up in arms if they dropped the release date and then said, hey, more to come later. Yes. And now that's and that's the one thing, though, Steel, I do hear people and this has been brought up in conversations in, in the chat is that that might drown out the information that you just provided on all these other games. Oh, Starfield no. might overshadow. Um, I I can hear that conversation. I understand where people come from, but I think Starfield's already doing that on its own um, with the unknown aspect right now to Starfield uh, with all this talk happening about it possibly being pushed. Personally, again, if I, if, if, if I had the, if I had, my wish if everything was equal if starfield is ready to drop in the first half i'm going to continue to stand on that hill i think it is if it's ready i would have started this show would have been my starfield showcase and i would have had the other games at a different show i think you because i think that starfield is so important for starting the generation the new generation of xbox and again not i'm not disparaging floors of motorsport i'm not disparaging redfall you guys know i'm hyped for those games Again, I've been on the Redfall train since day one. I've told you guys that it was going to be bigger than any of us expected, that it was going to be arcane. But I think the Starfield would have been the way to lead off to say, hey, Xbox is here. 2022 is what it was. Forget about all of that. 2023 starts the avalanche and it starts with Starfield and it starts with our first show of the year and we're showcasing Starfield. I, I would have done the Starfield showcase on the 25th and then done a later show for Redfall, Forza, and Minecraft Legends and ESO. It's not the way it's happening. But I think it I think Starfield itself is such a big conversation, no matter where you put it. It's not going to take anything away from Redfall, Forza. Yes, they're gonna get their limelight now, but the minute they have the Starfield showcase, the minute that confirmation comes out of a release date for Starfield, it's all over with anyways. It's it's done. That's gonna be the conversation from there on out for the until it launches. Okay. And then when it launches, conversation is gonna start all it's Starfield's that kind of monster, it's that kind of beast on its own that it kind of just naturally draw sucks the energy out of everything else, anyways. So for me, that's it is what it is. But let's get into this deal. So obviously they announced Starfield not going to be there. Starfield coming. They're going to do an individual show, uh, which is 
a Todd Howard specialty. Uh, this is Todd Howard through and through. This is Bethesda through and through. This is what they do. But Starfield's going to get its own show, uh, which is fantastic. This is what I've said from the beginning, right? So it's going to get its own show. It's going to get its time. Big question is when is drop? We've had this conversation. You've been on the three twenty three twenty three chain train uh, train since the beginning uh, when we started going through dates. Um, you know when it would be. You said that one right away. It turns out that three twenty three twenty three. I don't even know if you knew it, Steel, how important it is to NASA. Um, I didn't know if you knew about the Wright brothers. First patent for the first flying machine was on three twenty three nineteen. Uh, 19, what is it? 1904 or no, 1903, because it's the 20th anniversary this year of that. That's why NASA uses that dates for launches and all that kind of stuff. I'm just Jeez. saying, man. Yeah, like, right, right, right. I didn't it's, know any of that, dog. Yeah. That right. lines up too right. many. That right. lines up too many things, man. I, it does. Numerology wise, it looks great on paper. It's exactly what Todd looks for in his dates. All the stars align to that date. Now, whether or not that happens, I don't know. I'm still on it. You're still on it. Um, but we are getting smoke now, Steel, uh, from community. Uh, Mr. Matty plays Colt. Uh, Jez and Rand yesterday on the Xbox 2 talked about this. Um, people have been hearing behind the scenes that it's getting pushed out of June and it's going to be a later date. Um, this is now started up again. I do feel, and I've heard like anybody who knows Skullzy, Skullzy used to have very good connections within Bethesda, used to get a lot of information from Bethesda. Uh, he's even said, Bethesda's on lockdown. Wherever any of this talk is coming from, whether it's the talk about Starfield uh, uh, being beyond expectations that people have it in their hands, that they're playing it right now, that it's, it's it, all that talk, or release dates, Skullzy said, Bethesda's on lockdown. They, they, there's nothing coming out of Bethesda, right? It's zero. So he doesn't, he doesn't know where the information is coming from. Obviously Xbox, the people that we just mentioned do have connections within Xbox. They do talk to people within Xbox. So it's certainly possible that people at Xbox are playing the game and that's where the information is coming from. But I'm concerned still. Um, again, I'm still, they just put out the support page. Bethesda put out their own Starfield support page, first half. First, first half of 2023. Um, so, again, I don't believe it's getting pushed outside of June. Okay, Paul, let me do this for you really quick. Yeah, there are some things being mentioned in chat, and I just want to yeah. use this yeah. as maybe some of the basis for what you're going to say here. So, Go ahead. Um, Shane G is making some excellent points, but Jacob, because uh, we were talking to Jacob and everything, but they also said 11-11, things happen, games get moved, there's plenty to play, release the game when the devs want to. If people melt down over two to three extra months, go enjoy PS. Uh, the other thing that is also said, I have no idea where this 323 thing came from. No one with any sources or credibility ever said it. Makes zero no. sense. It's coming late summer. Why now? Or Okay. And again, this is, this is, again, I don't like that kind of conversation. I think that defeats the purpose. You're basically saying don't have any conversations about anything opinion-wise. That's all we're doing is opinions. The 323... With that, let me pitch. Let me see if I can pitch it to you. I'm gonna see if I can yeah. uh, hit a throw you a curveball and see if you hit a home Go run. Go ahead. I I think Shane, and I'm just gonna address the point that you made here. Um, Shane, I think the biggest thing, for an example, uh, not an example, but I think the biggest thing is 
we we can't say that we want Microsoft to fulfill the promises that they make or to bring to reality the things that they say. Talk about the things that they the misses that they make, the non-marketing, the uh the mishaps that they have. And then when they put a date to a game like 11 11 23 that was written in pen 22 uh well that 22 sorry 11 11 22 um that was written in pen this is six months before release it was written in pen it was it, they made a trailer for it it was put into it that that's not that's just not something you threw off to the side and like hey just throw a number in there no there was money spent on that that money's gone okay is what it is you then don't come out and make a support page for a game and double down on saying, hey, it's going to be the first half of the year. To then hear the type of smoke that we're getting that the game may release beyond June. That's not fulfilling your promise. That's not fulfilling the things that you're talking about. That's not answering the problems that we as the community have been speaking on or that people have been speaking on is the issues of xbox that they need to fix just because it's starfield it doesn't magically get an excuse now oh this is going to be a, this is going to be the greatest game since halo ce oh so you so it gets excuses now because it's a todd howard game and it gets excuses now and that is the i think and again pong hit the home run for, for me if you got to but i that is the angle that pong is coming from at least to my belief because how I, again, how I see it, you cannot speak on the things they're doing wrong and use that, oh, they speak on things early or they, oh, they say these things and they can't, Xbox is just full of liars. If the games gets pushed out again and they do not get, a, they do not get in front of it in time, yeah, the game could be great regardless. Yeah. People are going to wait for it regardless. The people who are, are going to be complaining about it and saying stuff about it or whatever the case, probably still going to end up buying the game anyway. Mm -hmm. But it's the point. It's not okay. You're, go you're going against the grain of what you should be doing. Why did you say anything? Nobody said that you had to put a date out there. And I agree with you. If we put the game out when the devs read, then why did you say something? Why did you put a date on it? You want the game, you want the devs to put out the game when they, they felt like they could have put it out 11, 11, 22. That's what they said. Huh? They felt like he was ready. Huh? Obviously, something happened. They weren't. And then they doubled down on a support page. Hey, first six months. So whether it's June or whether it's March or whether it's November. They were already in the policy stages. They're in the policing stages, have been in the policing stages when they announced the date of 11-11-22 for policing. That's where we're at right now, testing and polishing. We also can't take that there may be some people who are already playing the game and for Bethesda to be as what we're also hearing, they're being, everything's locked down, they're being secretive, they're not letting a lot of information get out. And then I'm now out of nowhere, some people who may be in the know are saying, oh, well, it might be pushed out further. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make. Now that I've thrown this curveball to you, Pong, mm -hmm. 
hit that home run, man. What like what do you feel about this, and what is your standpoint on? Yeah, it, it's it again, again. It isn't complaining to complain at all. This is constructive. Okay, this is That's constructive. This is about messaging. Okay, this is about communication. This is about being consistent and developing a consistency to what you're trying to accomplish. Again, is it going to be the end of the world? No, not at all. And and Shane, you're allowed to have your opinion of our opinions. Yeah. But when you say go enjoy PlayStation, that's not constructive. Okay, that's not that's not that's trying to say that you just don't want us to speak about it and just go play PlayStation. What is that? I've already said I'm not even going to probably buy a PlayStation this generation anymore because I don't like what PlayStation's doing. So I'm an X I'm an Xbox only person as of right now. And again, my opinion is is that constructively Microsoft has backed themselves into a corner. And all I'm saying is is to go outside of what you stated at the showcase once again plays into that narrative of Microsoft not being able to deliver the content on time due to X problem, whether you want to say managing problems, whatever the case may be, it plays right into that. And because I don't play favorites, and again, you all can sit out here and talk about, oh, fake neutrals, fake neutrals. Listen, I'm telling you right now, listen to me, because I do not have ultimate loyalty to one company, I will speak out on stuff as a consumer, as a customer of said company, if they are going to mislead me through their communication. And if you double down with a support page from the actual developer, again, you you guys say you want the developers to launch the games when they're ready. I'm totally in agreement with that. But when the developer comes out and doubles down on it with a support page in 2023 that says first half of 2023, you are recommitting to that. Okay? So all I'm saying is if this is already known, number one, if internally this has already been decided, rip the Band-Aid off now. Do not put off telling us this until March, April, May, June. Rip the bandaid off, get it out of the way because the heat's going to come. Whether you like it or not, the heat's going to come. Okay. For doing this, but you got to rip off the bandaid. Yeah. Okay. And num- number two, stop putting yourself in this position. Nobody forced Microsoft, as Steele said, to come out at the showcase and say games within the next 12 months besides Kojima's. Games within the next 12 months. Nobody forced them into doing that. I have zero problem with delays. What I have a problem with is delaying a game and then saying a new commitment to a new date and then delaying it again outside of that after you've doubled down on it once more. That's all I'm saying. And, and Jacob, real quick, 11, he said 11-11-22 is probably an internal date. That's not internal. You put it out into the universe. You, you put it out in the public. trailer yes, to sell your game. And Todd was in an interview saying it's in pen, not pencil. And again, things happen. Yeah, things happen. I don't have a problem with things happening. I don't at all. Again, I'm removing my personal emotion about Starfield out of the equation here. Yeah. This is just straight business. My own personal emotion, I'm going to be devastated if they do this again. Okay? I'm going to be devastated. 
I, I'm not going to be a happy camper. I, 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 I am not. I'm not going to be happy. But that's my own personal problem, and I accept that responsibility, right? I'm not putting that on them. What I'm saying is from a business standpoint, you're moving into a new era in communication. Again, nothing's been announced. Nothing's been said. I'm going to save a lot of that energy for if that happens, okay? And we're going to have this conversation again. I'm just saying right now, the feeling is in the community from some people who claim to have no, and some of them I do trust, that they this might actually go through. And all I'm saying is Microsoft has to be very careful here, okay? Very, very careful. Because the idea of starting this generation now, two years after your console launch, is great. That's fine. It is what it is. It happened. The pandemic happened. A lot of stuff right. happened, Steele. A lot of stuff right. happened that right. was out of their control, right? I, I, again, no excuses for last year. I don't. I never will excuse them for last year. But 2023 is the start. But if you're going to start that new process again, you've got to build up that trust in your consumer base. You've got to show them with consistency that you can put out the content, that you can hit the commitments that you are making to the consumer. Don't ever forget, without the consumer, there is no video game industry. This is about money, and that's a two-way street. So again, I want to see them start hitting the commitments on top of having the content, on top of having the quality. These aren't outrageous expectations. I'm not demanding Xbox show everything. I'm not demanding Xbox puts on yeah. dates on everything. I'm not demanding any of that from oh. them. I could care less. I, on record, on a show saying, if we go back to the days where we get three-month-old information from magazines, I'm cool with it. If the developers never speak about a game until That's a month before launch, yeah. I'm cool with it. Go That's for it. Want. I don't care. I'm not one of those dudes saying you got to show me everything, even though I'd want them to, obviously. Again, I've said that too. If I was Phil Spencer, I'd show you the whole roadmap. I could care less. <laughs> I, I'd show you everything. Um, but the fact is, is that, again, Starfield, I still believe is ready the first six months. Um, I don't understand this concept of why people think that it needs an extra year of polish that's when Todd came out and said that it was in polishing phase. They had 11-11-2022 date that they felt internally they were very confident. That's why they put it out there right. to say, well, then they decided they didn't need that. They couldn't hit that date, so they delayed it. That's fine. But right. to say that, oh, they needed an extra 8, 10, 11 months, 12 months, why is that the assumption? Why is the assumption that they only needed maybe an extra three, four months to do what they had to get done. Maybe maybe that's all they needed, and they are still going to be ready. I still believe they are. I believe that's why the support page came out. I believe that's why people have it in their hands. I don't think they move it outside of June. Again, I'm still on the March date. If the March date doesn't hit, that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, not a big, it's not a big deal. It's a guess. It's an opinion. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's, fun. Um, it's just fun. Like no, yeah, Again, there's yeah. no basis behind no, it. It's just, no. hey, Todd likes dates. What's another good yeah. date? 323-23. You can also say the same thing about 3223. You can also say right. the same. Like Those are the only dates between then and now. Uh, that, yeah. What, 6623? Is that going to be the next one? May 23-23 like, works too. 555 five, yeah. five, if you add the number. There's all sorts of crazy yeah. dates, oh, but we're okay. just having fun with that. And again, if it hits in June, selfishly i'm going to be upset because diablo 4 is going to be there and i'm going to sacrifice diablo 4 because i'm going to be in space traveling alone all yeah. these guys steal everybody else going to be playing diablo See, 4 and having a hell thing. of a time why would you release yeah. starfield around diablo eh, 4 
because I mean, it's two different games. It's two different it's games. Two different it's two different games. audiences it's two different and everything games. else. And people don't play games well, like I do either. So yeah, I mean, that, that's true. So it, it is. But still, there's but that could be also something to say about their pacing, right? Yep. Because if some somehow miraculously they get the deal to close, and if <laughs> Activision Blizzard does officially become first party before then, then <laughs> you would be doing the same thing that you did to Forza Horizon with Halo. Yeah. Yeah. Launching them two weeks apart from each other, like again, they're different games. They're going to serve different audiences. There are people like myself who are going to be in both games, but it's like, it's again, it speaks to pacing. Yeah. And the biggest part of the conversation is just that holding up your words, right? Yep. If, if you're going to use that as ammo, which people have, hey, Xbox got to make their commitment. Say that you can't, you can't announce stuff and then not, and then continue to delay, 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 delay. delay. Oh, Xbox can't get their um, internal studios together. Oh, uh, Xbox just, they kind of let people do whatever they want. Oh, man, we can't get good games from Microsoft. This is yeah. why Microsoft, no matter what they do, will be great. This is the things that the people are saying. And it doesn't help if you continuously work against yourself. Especially when you didn't need to. You don't right. have to work against yourself. You don't no. have to forgive no. into the people. Oh, we need a date. No, no. that's no. what this is business, not people. This isn't right. friend, this is like the saying goes. It's not it's not friends, it's show business. Um and what Shane says, this is all about trying to hit 60 FPS on a $500 console. I think it's very hard with this. I don't think that it's sure. that either, Shane, because Todd has also come out and said that if he needs to hit 30 FPS, that he would rather have the, vi the visual fidelity at right. 30 FPS than the game being at 60. Right. He has said that. So you, you're smoking, some, somebody smoking something if you don't think that the game's going to come out and he's not going to say the best way to play Starfield is going to be 30 FPS in fidelity mode. Yeah, but Shane's, Shane's speaking on all the people like myself oh, okay, saying okay, that okay, there needs problem. to be a 60 frames mode ah, gotcha, gotcha. in 2023. you I mean, got to give us the option. Um, you know, and then there's the comeback. Some people are saying, well, maybe the worlds are too big. Maybe this, that, and the other, and they can't do it, blah, um, blah, blah. No excuse. Listen. Listen, I, 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 again, that's a whole nother conversation. Whatever the delay was, I'd love yeah. for them to come out and be transparent and say, this is what we needed to work on. This is why we needed the delay. Yeah. Again, all I'm saying is if you push past the June, you are going to get the fire. Okay. Yeah. You are, you are going to get it. If you push back June and I'm not going to sit here and say, it's not, it's unfair I'm not going to be yeah, saying, it oh, it's only Xbox that gets this. No, there's a difference. Again, they don't have an established reputation for being able to deliver consistent, high-quality content on a regular Probably. basis. Until they make that established, they're going to catch the smoke in a different way. They really yep. are. And, and again, you can think that's unfair. You can think anything you want to. That's a perfectly valid opinion if you think it's unfair. Yeah. It's just how it works in any industry. It doesn't matter what we're talking about here. If you don't have an established reputation, people are going to go after your weakness whenever you present it to them. If you present them the weakness in your armor, they're going to stab you. Every time. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. So that's all I'm saying is, again, still believe it's the first half i believe there's no problems um i can't believe how many people think it's going to be delayed but that's neither here nor there i still think it hits the first half and this is a moot point at this juncture i think all of these games 
come out in the first half of the year. Again, the one that I said maybe is Forza. They didn't give a real date. They said spring, but they didn't really commit. But it sounds like they're ready to rock and roll because they said these games are coming out in the next few months. So again, they're they're putting themselves into a box. This show is about games coming out in the next few months. Well, you know, few months, how do you define that? That's another question, but I think all these games hit. I think this starts Xbox's new look, new feel. I think that these games are all going to be quality. They're all going to be highly rated. They're all going to come out in great shape, and I think they all hit within the time frame that they said they would, and this is the way that we can expect Xbox to do business going forward, and I'm happy about that. That's all I want, period. Yeah, and that's the main thing. Again, it's it's more so, again, me and Pong are always going to speak more so on the objective side of things um, because that's how we look at the industry, right? Um, putting our personal feelings into it, like I always mention here, if we're going to only talk about what I care about, we're going to have a very short conversation. But I do like to try to pull that camera back. That's why I say yeah. the RTS view all the time because you do have to look at the darker crevices of the map um, and see what the possibilities are. And Microsoft um, Xbox uh, ha- has built up a very heavy double-edged sword. Um, on one end, they are the only one in gaming who truly communicate um, with their fan base. And on the other hand, on the other side of their sword, um, that's also very sharp, um, that's ready to cut off a head at any point in time, they also don't fulfill their promises sometimes, which can be a problem to a base because you are communicating. You are talking. And you are the only one that's talking. So people are going to be more critical. And no matter how people view it, Xbox, Microsoft will always have the negative um will always have the negative insight because they are the little brother of the industry. Mm-hmm. Regardless how how you feel about it, that's just the way that it is. People will always see Microsoft, oh they're they're a monopolizing company, they're trying to control everything, uh, but they're in third place in, in gaming and they're trying to they're trying to do Game Pass and they're trying to do all these other things and who cares? They're still fighting against that. And again, nobody's here saying that they're not offering people uh, options. They're not offering people games because they are. Again, I've been one of the main proponents fighting back against people saying that, oh, they didn't deliver us any first party games. Oh, look at Xbox. I've been the one saying that I don't agree with that. Because of how I look at games. I've also said that I do think it's a miss. Because you can't just not release first party games. It does show that there is some kind of weird cadence going on or a lack of communication. And that's only precedent set by Microsoft. That's it. Nobody else said it. They did. And you don't have to talk to the people just because they're complaining. People can send you death threats and everything. That's why I, that's why I make that comment all the time. And you see all these social media managers that get on or the social media people that get online. Like they haven't dealt with the internet since the early 2000s, late 90s, and get on here and wonder why people are so up in arms and everything, or why people feel so big on the internet and complain. I mean, if that's your job, you should know how to deal with those types of people. Or step away. Or not to be so emotionally invested into it. You mm-hmm. can't just get up from your, your computer and walk away. Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Again, it's... That- I, I do think it's important to speak up on these things, um, at least on an objective standpoint. 
Correct. It's just, it's fair points to make in my opinion. And again, you can disagree. I don't have an issue with the disagreement. What I, what it, what I want though is a constructive disagreement, not just a shutdown disagreement, not just the plain, Hey, you're dumb. Go play something else. That doesn't play well with me. Come back at me with an actual real kind of constructive argument as to why my opinion isn't valid and again at the end of the day all opinions are valid because it's how you feel and again i try to take emotions out of it that's why i told steel i don't know how i'm going to do this because i'm so emotional and again it's very rare for me to get this way about video games because again i'm too old i've been through too much in my life video games are extremely obviously important i'm passionate about them Football used to be the same way for me. The NFL used to be the same way for me. Um, I used to play fantasy football for over 20 years. I played fantasy football. I walked away from the NFL because I just the time and energy that I was putting into that wasn't worth it to me. Video games are video games at the end of the day, and it's very rare for me to get wrapped up. But Starfield is so important to me on so many different levels that I have a hard time removing myself from that. And again, that's why I said from the beginning, I'm not speaking from that point of view. I'm speaking just from a business point of view. It'd be the same for any one of these games. If any one of these date games get pushed outside of June, I think it's bad for communication from Microsoft. I think it's a bad precedent to continue to set coming out and saying one thing and then winding up not being able to hit that commitment. Stop making the commitments is all I'm saying. And, and again, you can say, well, the fans are demanding all these dates, blah, blah, blah. Look, then you got to retrain your fans to not, ex- not, to not say anything about those dates and not expect those dates. Show the games and say they'll come out when they're ready. They'll come out when they're ready and retrain your fans that way. And they might not like it, right, at all. But I won't be here complaining at all about that. I'll just be like, okay, that's what we're going to. Okay, cool. I'd rather have that than make a commitment, not be able to hit it. again. One delay is fine. It happens. It always yeah, happens. Yeah. Delays happen again, but to double down and to recommit to a new time frame and then to miss that one, that's when I start going, okay, guys, no, don't do that. Don't say something that you can't follow through on. Please just don't do that. So that's all I'm saying here. Starfield is going to be. The game of the generation comes out at 30 frames. I'm still going to be playing it. Still going to be loving the hell out of it. I'll still be coming here saying that not having a 60 frames mode is unacceptable unless we have a real valid reason as to why it can't be there. I still will say it can be done. But outside of that, I'm still going to be loving the game, enjoying the hell out of it, praising it, talking about how it's a generational type game. Hopefully, you know, how Todd has done it yet again. Him and his team have crushed it out of the park. I've already said, I'm on record, 93 meta is what I'm expecting out of Starfield. So let's go. I'm I'm expecting some of the same, um, to be quite frank. Uh, I want to see why uh, this is Todd Howard's baby. I want to see that type of, uh, I think that's the biggest thing that gets people uh, the most excited knowing some of that and also um we want to see what that true quality looks like because when i see the character creation i'm like i don't compare that to bethesda or like past bethesda games i'm like damn that looks fucking good that's fucking like that's fucking creative they put some time into it put some effort into it the way and the way that they're treating it like obviously it's going to make some form of impact 
Do I think it's going to be as big as Halo? I, don't, I still don't know. But again, I'm not the Bethesda fan. I'm the casual it has Bethesda the potential. So, it has but the it potential. does. I do acknowledge that it does have that potential. That's yes. the main thing we got to speak of. Um, and yeah. again, yeah, Shay G right there. He was like, yeah, good point. Retrain the most whining fan base ever. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You, ha- you have to, Shane. Yeah. And uh, you have to. You, yeah. And again, that's the thing that Nintendo and Sony have both done is has trained yeah. their fan base. Right? They have trained their fan base. Yep. So, yes, Xbox can do the damn same thing or the same damn thing. And no matter what you think of the fan base, whether you think we're too whiny or not, Xbox can train them. All they got to do is change their communication style. And again, I love the transparency of Xbox. I love them being front forward facing to right. the community. I love them being out here. That does, however, come with both good and bad. That's why most companies don't do it is because then the consumer, the customer, because they have access to the higher ups at a company now feel more entitled than ever to talk because they know or believe that they are being heard every moment, whether true or not. That's what happens. (laughs) That's why most companies stay away from it. It's great because it builds loyalty but you do get the other side of it as well. And that's exactly what's happened with Xbox. I don't want them to change that. There are little tweaks I think that they could make where the fan base could get expectations down in whatever. I think there's a way to do it. But again, not an expert. Don't work for Xbox. Never have, never will. Maybe one day. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, so I think with that, I think it would be a perfect opportunity to talk about another game uh, that was pretty much that was pretty hyped up and had a lot of influence going on behind it, especially coming off. It's a uh, their original IP. Um, and that's going to be Callisto Protocol. Um, so the original creators of Dead Space um, moved on and created their own thing, their own studio on Undercrafting and um, created Callisto Protocol. Uh, we got some information this week that apparently um Callisto Protocol um, under sold. It didn't do as well as was anticipated. Um, and this is coming from directly from Benji Sales um, on Twitter, who talked to Benji Sales that he does good work, staying on top of the sales and everything, along with the way everything is going on in the market um, in the game in gaming entertainment. Um, but he goes on to say, it appears the Callisto Protocol underperformed expectations. Raptor's new Callisto Protocol, which was released last month at the cost of 200 billion one uh which we came to find out find out that's about 162 million dollars um is observed to badly uh influence its future performance due to sales short man oh man it's not a good thing man um the biggest reason i wanted to kind of talk about this because the conversation um at least here especially within the recent years has definitely moved into development of games and how much it costs to make games and there and you have you have more and more people coming out say hey well it's it's expensive uh, to create a game to create triple a games and you can't expect this and you can't expect that and oh man and look the thing about this for me personally and this is kind of my perspective on it i knew though there's, there's a lot of people who like callisto protocol again the game overall didn't get like a bad score or anything. I think it got a, uh, about a seven or eight um, as far as meta goes. Um, and overall, it was a pretty decently received game. Um, 
let me see what lower master jasper because he's actually one of the ones um that did be completed to uh in totality and also enjoyed it um he says Callisto protocol was so good combat was mid though and that could be a potential reason because look unfortunately unfortunately uh, when you hear people say that oh this is a new ip coming from the original creators of dead space as someone who just played that's the first dead space for the first time last year i can understand why that's a big impact because that first dead space is that's a fucking good game whether it is the way that they present the combat, whether it's the, the monsters, whether it's the world that they put you in, or it's the story. There's a, like, from start to finish, I think the original Dead Space was great. I also heard about the remake being done and why I put off playing Dead Space 2 and going on to Dead Space 3. For me, I think it is slightly embarrassing for you to have spent this type of money on the game. And again, um, game is visually very stunning. It's a, it, it, it is a looker. You can tell that they probably spent a lot of money in the visual effect. Um, Cause that's not cheap. And I do know from what I've seen, they go into detail about the dismemberment and um, the world and how everything was built. What's going to be unfortunate to me and what I think is going to end up happening is that the Dead Space remake, because of everything that they've done with that game, they're completely remade. Completely. Start from, from the ground. This is a true remake of the original game. I, as somebody who played the game last year for the first time, I am slightly fearful of what this remake is going to present to us. The reason being is because I don't like playing scary games. I mean, Dead Space already had me on the edge of my seat 75% of the time. Uh, well, really 80% of the time until I figured out uh, the little nuances about the game. Hey, if I stand out of here, oh, the enemies kind of go back into their positions. And I can kind of finesse the game. So it, it took kind of the, the angst out of it. This new one seems to be hitting on all 12 cylinders. It looks like it's going to be a hell of a ride and it will be extremely thrilling and to be um, that experience truly brought to life. And I think that that's what people were expecting out of um, Colossal Protocol. Uh, Shane G says, why can't I super chat? I really like you guys. Hope you're not mad. I push back on your opinions. I'm just, uh, I'm just a bot and appreciate the value they give us. It's push back on my what? Aspect right uh, push back on your opinions. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I heard you say something else. <laughs> oh, no. Shane, Shane, you can't super chat because we're not at a thousand subs yet. Um, yeah. It doesn't open up to us until that point. That's, so that's yeah. why. Um, that's, what, that's part of the, one of the biggest reasons why people do like to get to 1K. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, unfortunately, can't super chat this time. But once we hit 1K, hopefully no. uh, you'll still be around to contribute or whatnot. But um, no, and and, and Shane too, oh and Shane. Oh obviously, anybody in here, all of you. I mean, again, doesn't matter who you are in here. Shane always comes with different perspective, which we appreciate. Normally, right. Fahim Scott is in here. I haven't seen Fahim today yeah. either. Fahim yeah. comes with a different perspective. I saw Gogo Po in there with different. Yeah. Anybody with different perspectives. They're if welcome. you've been watching Steel and I, you know it's all welcome. Like I said. I like constructive opinions. I don't like the shutdown opinions. That's the only thing I don't like. But no, 
we're all good, man. It's never personal. This is just having a good talk yeah. about video games. Again, it's video games. We don't get personal here. It ain't about that kind of life. A lot of channels are. We are yeah, not. No, I'm I'm about we're conversation. Just about here to have good conversation. Yeah, that's that, it. That's no matter it. which where are you coming from, I don't care. It, it's all cool to me as long as yeah. we have a constructive. I don't, I don't, we could have a bunch of PlayStation guys in the chat, and I, I wouldn't care. Like they're fighting for their standpoint, fighting for the console. I mean, that's what it's about. I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear what y'all got to say. I want to. I mean, again, if I wanted an echo chamber, um, I'd probably do be doing something different, or would treat the content differently, or would speak on things differently, or I would only talk about what I care about, and or not necessarily what I care about because I care about the industry, um, but only talk about what truly like matters to me. You know what I mean? I could be so much more toxic and everything else if yeah. that was the case, especially as somebody <laughs> who, until the last couple of years, few years, <laughs> saw gaming as if you played single player games, you were the casual. Me as a multiplayer gamer, I'm the hardcore, I'm the enthusiast. I take the time to be good at a game. You heard it here, folks. Steel calls me a casual now. <laughs> but, but I could be honest. I could be honest and say that that was a state. Yes. That's how I looked at yeah. things. Because again, when you think about it, if you're going to be good at a game and especially at multiplayer, you do tend to put more time in it than somebody would put into a single player. But I have changed. I have changed some of that standpoint. Right? I'm not as critical about that, and it's really not that serious to me. And I've also never been a super sweat. I'm not. Uh, somebody that sits here and cries, moans, and complain because I didn't get the W or I didn't get the most kills this match. I've always been a team, more so of a team player. Um, but it was just my my perspective. But it just goes to show you that you can have varying opinions, and I do care about gaming overall. That was the other mm -hmm. thing that opened up that conversation for me because I also was able to come to realize that hey, as much as I love multiplayer games, I do love single player games too. Air Automata is a good example of that. Devil May Cry is a good example of that. Hmm? There's other, there's so many, uh, uh, Hellblade is another good example. There's so many games that I've crashed Bandicoot from back in the day, Spy. There's so many games that I've played that have molded me into the gamer that I am today. Hey, you played Mass Effect for the first time. Mass Effect, yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah. Mass Effect is now in my top five games. I played mm -hmm. it for the, I played those three games for the first time <laughs> last year. Is now in my top five games that I've ever played in my life. That's how impactful that game is to me. So it demonstrates. So it demonstrates. You can, you can bend. You can shape. You can like come to an understanding. That's what it should be about. Conversation. Mm -hmm. I didn't have mm -hmm. people like Pong or other people who genuinely cared because I didn't know there was people like that until I came into the community that, that actually wanted to have a conversation and talk and had varying opinions and um, didn't jump down each other's throats. Dif and it wasn't different levels of interest as well. I found that out very much so, that there's different varying levels of interest within the community as yeah. well. Just, again, uh, it, it, it's crazy what you learn, but no, everybody here is welcome. We, yeah. Again, Appreciate again, it. if you're not coming in here with the personal shit, if you're not coming in here with the nonsense, if you're actually having a discussion, we're good. We're totally good. So <laughs> now I'm Omar says, I guess I'm a casual. <laughs> but <laughs> again, it's it was one of those jaded outlooks, and again, and it does, and it was very jaded because of how I grew up. I had to be very picky on games that I played. These were games that I was getting more out of, which jaded my uh, perspective on how I looked at things. Now that's changed, right? Um, 
there's there's varying uh, again there's varying opinions of varying options in that. but anyway get back to Callisto Protocol. Nick, Nick said if you're a camper in objective focus FPS games don't worry Steel still cares for you <laughs> no I, I don't care for you they're no. they're, they're, they're casuals too I hate uh, that uh, yeah, Steel I, and I agree on that Battlefield people okay. that now go play oh, in objectives yeah. oh good yo oh, I hate when, yo I don't know okay slight tangent I don't know <laughs> what it is about objective based game modes in gamers yeah. But yeah. people still don't know how to play domination. People still nope. can't play. Um, what was it? <laughs> can't play rush. Um, they can't plant nope. the bomb. Um, no, nope. <laughs> you can't capture flags. I don't like. I don't like. What are we playing, playing objective base for KDs? That's like, all we're what doing. Are, oh, what my are we God. doing? Oh That's, that is why Team Deathmatch was introduced. Go do that right. over there. <laughs> I'm trying to win the game. You're right. It's one of the worst. Oh, it's one of our pet peeves, Steel. It's I, the worst. Oh my, that, dri- that drives me up. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Anyway, um, go back to Callisto Protocol though. Um, I was telling, like, I was telling Pong in the background a little bit about it. I personally think the amount of money that they spent to make this game, um, is slightly embarrassing, especially compared to um the Death Space remake, which I do think is going to be more critically acclaimed and. Um, hit all the marks that they're looking to hit that I think Crafton was trying to hit. Um, they tried to use their namesake um, to get people's attention and they had it. And it didn't go the way that they wanted. Um, and again, uh, y'all made this point last night on Xbox mm-hmm. Ultimate yeah. where it was like, for your first game out, yeah. quadruple A studio, whatever that is, triple A studio, um, A's. Triple A, it's a triple A game because of the money that was spent on it. Yeah. Yep. For a triple A game, will you compare this game to the quality of a God of War, <laughs> to a Horizon, to a Spider Man, to a Halo, to a Starfield, to a. There's so many other games that you could probably compare this to. I don't think, and again, I haven't played Callisto. I'm not going to. Um, yeah, y'all probably get me to play Resident Evil 3 or Resident Evil 3 and 4, which those games were had some elements that are fucking pretty scary in them too um y'all probably would end up getting me to play that before callisto neither here or there but it's just it's weird to see that your first game out you swing for the fences do everything that you spend the most money that you can yeah to try to bring your first game to life off of namesake because I can't think of anything else that you could have thrown into consideration for you to think that this game was going to hit the way that you that y'all felt that it was. The fact that you're saying that it, that they're, it underperformed tells me that they only did this off a of namesake. Not saying that there wasn't effort put into it and no care or whatever. Obviously, oh, there is. Oh, the oh, visual yeah. fidelity of the game is wild. Yeah. It looks great. It's also very acting ex- too. It's also very expensive to do these things. And if it's mm. not going to be a critically acclaimed uh, like a God of War, or even like your your previous IP was, what were y'all doing? Like in the beginning when we heard, like I talked about this last night too, when y'all heard about the things about PUBG and it tying into the, I never got any of that. Like that literally sounded like a cash. Like you were literally trying to fit into what you thought. You stopped saying PUBG was going to pull in five million people. No, I, I don't think so. But it's just, I don't know. As a Dead Space predecessor, I don't think it hit the mark that they, that they wanted it. They wanted it to hit. 
Um, at least externally. Internally, they probably felt great about it and thought they had a good game in the end. But from what I've seen, I don't think the combat's as good as what, what I've experienced from Dead Space or what I've seen from Dead Space. And it's also just a, it's just a different level, man. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel it, it, this is really weird, man. A lot, a lot it, of money was put it into is. this. It is. It was a big. It was a big risk. Um, yeah, I can't believe Crafton agreed. Um, That's you know, fucking crazy. I, I, I mean, again, Glenn Schofield. He's got a veteran team. Glenn Schofield is obviously a hell of a salesman. Um, he obviously has all the charisma in the world to walk into a place and say, "Look, this is what we're going to do. We just need you to fund it. We're going to get it done." But for Crafton to turn around and, and okay this budget, they brought in the Sony team. <laughs> Uh, to help with this game as well like they paid out a lot of extra money for your first even for a veteran team to invest this type of risk into a big budget triple a game obviously the confidence level was high obviously they hit a lot of high marks again this game didn't come out and critically bomb this was a seven eight game like a seven eight game which is a good game again i'm not one of those i'm not one of those people that down 70 games okay that no it's a good game and obviously some people really loved it just not enough really loved it and the and the hype died fairly quickly you had some issues on especially the xbox side of things which did not help you in any way, shape, or form, because then that word started going around that this game's got bugs, that the ray tracing's not right, and all this kind of... If you're going to do this, and you're going to come out swinging for the fences like this, you got to hit it out of the park. You can't... Anything less than that, this is what you wind up with. And again, not saying it's a bad game. A lot of people love this game, um, and it got good reviews to... a high extent it did it really did but if you're not going to hit if you're not going to knock it out of the park then this is what's going to wind up happening I, I think the sales expectations were five million plus and they've sold two million it was actually um their sales estimate was four million um okay. and they only did uh well and that was actually lowered yeah. um yes from their yeah. previous estimate and yeah. um it actually only did 2.1 yeah 2.1 um it was our and sales I estimate of 2.1 and I don't, here's the problem to steal. And now we understand why they wanted to get this game out before Dead Space. They obviously saw what Dead Space was doing and was like, yo, we got to get this game out the door. We got to get this game out the door. Dead Space is bringing, bringing back the classic, the one that our game's going to be measured against. It looks like that team uh, is putting together a hell of a remake on Dead Space, bringing it up Bro. a whole new level. Bro, it's. If we launch after Dead Space, we are going to get swamped. It's not going to be good, and I think that's why they forced it out the door. This game probably needed another year um, uh, development time. They could have, re- but they couldn't afford to do it. Um, and now this is what you got. And now with Dead Space coming out, now some games we've seen in the past, Steel. Some games come out, don't necessarily fly off the shelves, but then get a second life at some point, right? Um, we've seen the recovery, but the problem being is now you're going to have Dead Space Remake. And again, we don't know what Dead Space yeah. Remake is going to be, but from what we've seen, now that right. everybody's played Callisto Protocol and it's a good game and people got that taste again for that Dead Space type gameplay, but people, a lot of people had some issues, whether it was the, the, the mechanics, um, you know, the, the attack command, uh, the 
um, mechanics or the Dodge or whatever, that kind of style. If Dead Space does come out and from that standpoint is a plus, now you got the king coming back and everybody's going to remember why they fell in love with Dead Space. But they're taking it to a whole new level where it's a fresh experience for everybody. Now, all of a sudden, everybody just forgets Callisto Protocol. Now, maybe some people do go back after playing Dead Space and do play Callisto Protocol for the first time just because they want more of that experience. That's certainly a possibility. But I don't think you have the chance for the recovery at all. Um, I think that what this does do, Steel, is I think that um, their resistance to putting this game into Game Pass, if Microsoft comes to Colin, is lowered. I think yeah. they take the bag. If if Microsoft comes with a bag and says, look, love to have your game in Game Pass, I think they look at that now and say, yeah, let, let's recover some more money. Um, let's get this game in Game Pass and get it to, out to more people. So I think that's the one big thing. I don't have a whole lot to say. I didn't play the game. I didn't yeah. have an interest. Right. Again, it's too, it's too scary for me. Uh, I freely admit that. I'm not going to play Callisto Protocol. Even if it shows up in Game Pass, I won't play it. Um, I, I, I just know myself. I'm not going to do it. Um, but I think that, um, you know, overall it was a big risk. They missed their mark. Um, you know, hopefully this team gets another chance. Um, I, again, it's always scary for a brand new team when somebody invests that much money and doesn't see returns. It's going to be difficult on the next sale to say, Hey, Callisto protocol two is going to be the game that we wanted. It's a hard sale. Um, from here on out, but Glenn Schofield again, he's obviously a salesman through and through. He can probably pull something off, but I don't know, man. I, I'm, I, I'm sad to see this happen because this team obviously has a ton of freaking talent. There's yeah. no doubt about it. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, they got a lot of talent. Just can't take 160 million dollars of uh, talent yeah. to, yeah, have a miss. And actually, correction, it wasn't a seven or eight game. It was a six and seven game. Six seven game. I saw a lot of seven and eights. It's still, it's still, it's still a decent game. Um, yeah. I was looking back through the scores and everything. Um, what was open yeah, critic? Did you look at open critics? What's I their did overall? not see open critic. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't look at that one. Okay. Um, for many of the other ones, though, it was varying anywhere between six and seven. Per game. Um, it has hit his mark with some people. Um, but didn't hit his mark across the board. Um, it's unfortunate. And uh, I think it was, again, I think it's just going to be quite embarrassing if your old game comes back and. Yeah, <laughs> completely open, obliterated. Open critic is sitting at a sixty-eight right now. So, yeah. So, um, speaking of um, your older game that's being completely remade, uh, we also got clarified clarification that Dead Space um remake will have two graphic modes. Um, there's going to be yes. a thirty FPS four K uh, with ray tracing and a sixty FPS two uh, K, which is probably going to be right at fourteen forty P uh, with no ray tracing. Um, they also go into some PC specs. Um, I know most of the time uh, people only care about the console side of things. Of course, on PC, you're going to have way more options than that. Um, so it's good to see, man. Um, the fact that they're even giving it to us at 60 at two, uh, at 1440p, that's that's a it's going to be a beautiful game. From everything that I've seen from the game, uh, again, I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, again, I just recently played the game last year. Mm-hmm. This is a night and day difference. Mm-hmm. This is not the same game. I am not going to be able to approach this game the way that I approached the Again, the first 15 minutes of the first game fucking threw me for I almost put the controller down. I was able to get through it, though. I, when I found out how the limbs and dismembering shit worked. But when I was shooting that shit and it wasn't dying, that fucking put me in a panic. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Still, the updated audio in this one is going to be oh, the killer. Oh, my God. 
The updated uh, audio is going to be because the audio in the old one is fantastic, but this one, the atmosphere with those things crawling through the vents, and you're going to hear it totally different this time around. And they can literally come from anywhere now. Before mm -hmm. you could tell it was an older game, it was yeah, staged in certain areas. Mm -hmm. yeah, now they went back and reworked all of that. So yeah. uh, again, um, scary, but I think it's going to end up great. Update uh, uh, two to Hogwarts then, still while you're doing that update two as well, because we did have some uh, talk about that. Hogwarts Legacy got an update from the developer. They did answer a question. Um, they are going to have a performance mode. Yes. Um, and they, it, they're, they, it's going to target 60. So no lock 60. Um, supposedly, they're also going to have multiple modes, one that is VRR friendly. So if you have a VRR monitor or TV, you will be able to take advantage of that, which is fantastic. Again, I was worried. It's WB. We saw Gotham Knights. I was worried Harry Potter's level of detail, the big open world, that they might lock it at 30. They're not going to lock it at 30. That's all I asked for. I don't have to have a lock 60. Just give me the options so I can try them out the modes and find out which one is best for me. That's all I ever asked for. So I'm happy that Hogwarts Legacy also came out and announced that this is going to be the case. I'm really excited. Yeah, and, and real quick, I'm not going to spend too long on this um, because people are going to feel divisive on this and feel however you want to feel. Um, Hogwarts Legacy, regardless of what uh, the surface level that people want to look at it, whether JK or the creative director or whoever else, I I do not believe that developers should be punished because of somebody else's creation in this circumstance. I will say, if you feel like it's worth you investing into, buy the game. If you don't feel like it's worth it, don't buy the game. Um, again, I think it is going to be something that I have been looking for since I was younger, uh, since I was introduced to the Harry, uh, the Harry Potter universe um, through the books and everything. And I do, uh, you know, I do enjoy those books. Um, also, feel a little bit differently about how the entire conversation in total. Um, but I'm not here to have that conversation today. Uh, that's something we can talk about offline. You want to get into DMs? You want to have a party? Uh, party chat about? We can talk about it there. Um, but I'm not going to talk about it here on Live a Split Screen because it is a very decisive subject for a lot of people. And um, whether I agree with that or not, uh, neither here or there. But, um, if you feel like it's worth it to you, do what uh, or not, do whatever you feel is best for you. Uh, that's all I can say. Know what you stand for, know what you believe in, and then go from there. Um, let's see here. Um, so Ubisoft. I think there's be another point. We gotta we gotta keep going through going through some smoke, man. Um, Ubisoft. It is in dire straits, seemingly, but maybe not. Because Ubisoft Plus, we also got some smoke that uh, Ubisoft Plus uh, may be coming to Game Pass or just available in, uh, on Xbox sooner than later, potentially. Um, there was something that went out throughout the middle of the week that listed um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Rainbow Six C, um, Extraction, which we actually had a good time with at the time. Uh, we haven't been back to it, but we, we were having fun with it. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, uh, The Division 2, and Far Cry 6 were listed free on the store. Um, they're uh, implying to people, it was on the Xbox store, implying to people that um, the service was coming, uh, which would, could be very impactful for them. Uh, Ubisoft right now is currently in um, a weird position. Um, 
What's going on with Ubi, man? Talk, 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 talk to me. Talk to the people, man. What is the issues that Ubisoft seems to continue to deal with um, other than uh, allegations and everything else? Now it's more so on the business front. What do you, what do you, what are you thinking about that, man? What do you, what do you uh, have? What have you taken away? Uh, the problem is the Guillermo family. The problem what? is leadership. The problem is Yves um, continuously showing uh, his lack of understanding of how to run a company. Um, again, years of HR problems, still not resolved, um, still not fixed according to many within Ubisoft. Um, and then you get lost completely. We saw this with EA a little bit for a while until Vince came and smacked him around a little bit and they figured it out or seemingly have figured out at least a, 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 a clearer path. But Ubisoft has been chasing the golden pot at the end of the rainbow, trying to find their games as a service uh, billion dollar franchise that other publishers of uh, their size, 2K, EA, all have, and they have failed miserably. And instead of refocusing, uh, they continue to just randomly throw stuff against the wall, trying to make it stick. We now have seven canceled games in the past uh, six months, eight months. Yeah. Um, unannounced games that they've come out and said that they've canceled. Uh, we have Skull and Bones getting its sixth, literally, Sixth delay since they started making that game. They just need to end the development on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, we've seen their stock fall from a high, I think Mav said last night, of $94. I think it's in the 20s now. Um, and that was just two, three years ago. Uh, they were That's Activision price for you people at home. Uh, they used to have a stock price that rivaled Activision's, uh, Activision Blizzard's. Um, this is a company that has over 20,000 employees. Mm. It's one of, it's probably the largest single publisher in the world, uh, in terms of employee size. Um, it is bloated. Jeff Grubb came out this week and said that they made the rounds, uh, trying to find a merger or an acquisition with similar companies. And they were laughed at basically by everyone. Um, they have, obviously extremely valuable IP, you know, with Assassin's Creed, Valhalla became a billion dollar franchise um, that, you know, by itself. Uh, uh, so they obviously have things that are still working for them, but they have this leadership group that is working against them. Um, I'll read from the uh, VGC article. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot has reportedly told staff the onus is on them. Wow. To reverse the company's fortunes after it provided a dire financial update on Wednesday. Following the weaker than expected software sales over the holiday season and a new delay for Skull and Bones, the company slashed its revenue forecast for the current fiscal year. It also canceled three unannounced games and said that it plans to make some 200 million euros in cost cuts over the next two years through targeted restructuring, divesting some non-core assets and usual natural attrition. Um, 
goes on to say Skull and Bones will now be released during Ubisoft's next fiscal year, which begins in April and runs until March 2024. During this period, Ubisoft said it's also planning on releasing Assassin's Creed Mirage, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, and other yet-to-be-announced premium games, including a large one, as well as a promising free-to-play titles for some of our biggest brands. Uh, Like Skull and Bones, the Avatar game was planned for release in 2022 uh, prior to delay. And so, too, was Assassin's Creed Mirage, according to reports. In an email sent to employees on Wednesday and viewed by Kotaku, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot said these delays had weighed on our costs and decreased our associated revenues. Today, more than ever, I need your, this is a quote from Yves, uh, quote, today, more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success, he wrote. I'm also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. Mm. Guillermo also urged staff to deliver on what he called the biggest pipeline in Ubisoft history, writing, the ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time oh. and at the expected level of quality and show everyone that we are ca- what we are capable of achieving. Um, commenting on Ubisoft's financial update on Wednesday, uh, Repop's head of games, uh, B2B, Christopher Dring, claimed Ubisoft was suffering compared to other big publishers because of its lack of significant live service game uh, to fill release gaps. The big issue, quote, the big issue for Ubisoft isn't its structure. Not really. It's the fact that it doesn't have a live service game of any significance. He wrote, look at the publishers worth billions. It's all about that one title that prints money continuously. GTA Online, FIFA, COD, Fortnite, etc. It means that Ubisoft is so reliant on having good release schedule to drive performance. I think that's what it's trying to do with Assassin's Creed uh, is the right play. All right, Steel. Uh, we've heard internally, Steel. Um, we've talked to people. We know people. Yeah, um, we've known people. Firsthand, firsthand, firsthand stuff. Um, that the devs themselves have pitched going back to more traditional style games, um, whether that's Assassin's Creed, which we are finally seeing in Mirage, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Assassin's Creed is the the outlier within Ubisoft right now. Assassin's that's Creed it. is good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's fine. They've got a roadmap. They've got a complete roadmap. They know what they're doing. They're going to have a smaller experience, a bigger experience, a smaller experience. That works for me. I think that's fantastic. Assassin's Creed is good to go. But everywhere else, we've heard developers pitching, going back to the core games like Splinter Cell, Tom Clancy's, take your pick, Ghost Recon, whatever. They've talked about doing this. They've pitched games, and Ubisoft leadership has said, well, how are you going to monetize that? How, how are we going to make this make money? Mm-hmm. And have canceled or turned down those pitches. Yeah. This is a leadership problem through and through, Steel. Yves Guillermot. We talked about this last night, about the Alderman and Gaz had some very strong language for Yves, and it's rightfully so. The fact that the man has the balls, the gall, whatever you want to say, to turn around and look at his devs and say, you are now responsible for our success or failure, is on a whole nother level. This is after he and his family just made hundreds of millions of dollars in a stock transaction, again, from Tencent, from the Chinese government. Um, Tencent didn't buy 
Ubisoft general stock. They bought stock from the Yves Guillermo yep. family, the Guillermo family holding company, which owns the majority of stock in Ubisoft. So that was personal gain. Okay. The fact that he can turn around, I liken it to the captain of the Titanic as after he hit the iceberg and him and his crew were responsible for hitting the iceberg, turning around to all of the passengers and saying, get to bailing. You're going to, you're going to decide whether we live or die. <laughs> yeah. Okay, buddy. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, and again, this goes back years to their HR problems that they still have not fixed. Um, this is a leadership issue. They have chased this golden goose for so long, Steel, with no direction whatsoever. Seemingly no direction. Just throwing stuff out there. We can name all the different games of the franchise that they bastardized, especially on the Tom Clancy side. Again, Ghost Recon. I, I personally kind of like Breakpoint, but yeah, it came out cool, broken. It came out broken. It destroyed the remaining fan base that you had, you kind of had come back with Wildlands. Yeah. People loved Wildlands a little bit. Although the online was broke for whatever reason. Right, 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 okay. right. Correct. But then people people were really impressed with Wildlands. And then you come back with Breakpoint. It comes out. It is an incomplete, broken mess. And you expect your fans just to stick around. It ain't going to happen after all these years. Again, it's like Battlefield. You can't do that to your fan base. You can only do it so many times before people are done. So you bastardized Ghost Recon. You had The Division. One of the best studios that you have. Maybe the best studio that you have in Massive. Massive, yeah. Incredible. You've got one of the best, most beautiful looking game engines. Proprietary game engines in the Snowdrop engine. Beautiful, beautiful. You create The Division, Division 1. Does decent, but he made the mistake of making a fraudulent trailer, which set everybody's expectations way too high. And so when the game dropped, everybody was like, this is not the game we were showing. You already started off in a bad foot. You slowly but surely bring Division 1 back. Doesn't hit the way that you expect it to because of multiple reasons. You mess with the formula too much. You screw up. The fan base that does come back, you don't treat them well. So you go on to Division 2. Bring out Division 2. You have all these big promises. But again, you destroy your fan base by not listening to them for years about the problems that the Division 2 has. And again, this is coming from a guy who has hundreds of hours in Division 2. Do you want more expertise? You can go talk to PTK Blam or Fuzzy Belvedere, who both have thousands of hours in Division 2. They don't listen to their fan base. They just they fracture yet again. They make mistakes. Finally, they start listening to them. They start to fix the Division 2. People start coming back. You've got this roadmap. Oh, by the way, yeah, no, no, we're, we're done with Division 2. Um, we've got one expansion ready. That's New York. We're too close to uh, finishing it, so we're going to drop that on you guys. But we're moving on to Heartland. Where's what? Heartland? Right, where's Heartland? Okay, cool. So you're going to move on to Heartland. You dropped the NYC expansion, New York City expansion. All of a sudden, it picks up steam. People mm-hmm. start playing Division 2 again. Still, we all went back. The Fun Speculation family went back and forth. Force, we sold dozens of copies ourselves by talking about it. At least put it. another couple hundred I hours and jump yeah. back in. Jump back into it. The fan base goes, yo, this is good. Let's keep this going. Ubisoft, oh, oh, you guys, you guys like this? Okay, um, yeah, we're going to get back into this. We're going to start making Division 2. We're going to start supporting it again. That lasted all for about 60 days. And then it was gone again. 
and then we just go, oh, we're just going to keep dropping the same content to you guys. Over yeah, and over that was a that was a huge misstep. Don't pitch it one way and then right. never go that way. Like, right, right. I was excited. Yeah, I wasn't excited when I when I came to find out that it's recycle. You're recycling content. Yeah, yeah, recycling content. Come on, man. come on, man. So then you got Heartland. Heartland's a no show everywhere. Um, there's been some beta tests. Um, some people have said some good things about it. Some people have said some bad things about it. But you're now taking the division to which you already had established in place, and you're going to a free to play model supposedly. Um, that's going to be monetized to hell. And you think this is going to be it. This is going to be your golden ticket. Again, where is it? We don't know. We, we haven't heard any word. Um, I don't have any faith because you had the division no. two's multiplayer PVP wise. This is supposed to be a PVE PVBP game. Yeah. Um, yeah. you haven't really hit in no. the division two's multiplayer. So what makes you think that I should just have faith in Heartland, especially right. when I've heard uh, things aren't quite right with that game either. <laughs> right. Exactly. Then you got Avatar still. Then you got Avatar. It was supposed to be out last year. Um, didn't hit. You were hoping to have it out by the release of the movie. Yeah. No show. Now there's word that James Cameron, because this is his baby, and the Avatar game is a part of the lore. It's directly tied in to Avatar. Right now you have James Cameron, who has come in and supposedly looked at this game and said, no, this ain't it. This is unacceptable. So now you delayed Avatar. Now you missed the movie launch. Now, thankfully, they're going to make more Avatar movies now that Avatar has yeah. hit two, is going to hit $2 well, billion. It was already in its so, plan, but yeah. Yeah, it was already his plan, but you know what I'm saying. It's, yeah, yeah. it's going to be there. The, everybody's aware of Avatar again. You have some leeway here, but right. where is it? Where is it? We haven't seen anything besides a short trailer. We haven't seen anything. We don't have a release date yet. We don't have anything. Ubisoft has been running this way for too long, Steel. And again, all these other things that they've tried, throwing these games as a service, these free-to-play games, monetized all hell, all of them just strange decisions. Uh, I, I forget, Mav constantly, I don't even know why I can't remember the name. This is how unimportant the game is to me. But the other Tom Clancy game that the beta came out to that nobody can talk about, but everybody just goes, I don't ever want to play. X Defiant, thank you, sir. Yes, the uh, X Games uh, version of your whatever you were trying to do with Neon and, and hey, we're hip kids and this is the way we're going to do things got destroyed by people who got to play that game, got destroyed when the trailers came out. You brought in big talent for that game. You brought in one of the X Call of Duty main devs to work on this game to make sure the gunplay was straight. You couldn't even get that right. Ubisoft has been burning bridge after bridge after bridge steel. It's all catching up to them. And now, to top it all off, the cherry, Eves is out here telling his devs it's on them. This is a bloated company. Um, this is sad to say. Uh, Ubisoft, as we know it now, probably within two years won't be the Ubisoft that we know then. Um, they're going to have to make massive changes. There's not a company out there that is going to be willing to take on this bloated monster. Mm -mm. Um, I don't think so. If somebody does buy it, it's going to be an instantly to the chop shop to get trimmed out, uh, which is sad because it means devs are going to lose their job. They're going to have to close studios. They themselves are going to have to make that decision. If they hope to be acquired, Steel, they're going to have to trim. They are going to have to trim down. You can't run this beast on this type of budget. You can't. There's no way you can do it. 
if they had a GTA online, um, if, if they had a COD, if they had something like that, they could maintain this, but they don't. And that's the problem. The thing about that, though, is they do. But they've never taken the time to no. get it right. Correct. That's the problem. You right. have they have the potential. Very important IP. And instead of focusing on those, you'd rather double down, triple down, quadruple down on Assassin's Creed. Because you just saw Valhalla make you billions of dollars. Yep. And it is one of your most successful game at this yep. point. Yep. Which I so I get it. But what happened to the other 20 years? Why is Ghost Recon at where it's at right now? Why is the division at where it's at right now? Why did you skip a whole generation with no Sam Fisher and Splinter Cell? Splinter Cell, that is another prime. The multiplayer in that one was Spies versus Mercs was great. And offered something we still don't have today. Correct. And you didn't take advantage of it. Nope. But you're wondering why you don't have these types of titles. You bast again, like Pong mentioned, you bastardize your IP. The only one you didn't do it with, and luckily, is Assassin's Creed. And he kind of did to a certain and you still, degree. And you turned that into a fucking action-adventure <laughs> game. Wait, it's, it's not a stealth-based game anymore. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. It's not. But, but they're coming well, back to well, it. Whatever. it. It's what? You've still been telling a decent story yeah. with it. People, people yes. have been loving Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yes. Great. That's your only success. Ubisoft is my fast food, Paul. Or fast food steal. Talk to myself now. Steal. No, it's a fast food for me. I love it. I've gone back to watch. I just went back to Watch Dogs 2, for God's sakes. Like, I like their games. I really, really do. But as a business, they have done so much wrong, Steel, that they have put themselves in this position. I, I just, I don't understand how well i do because again it comes down to leadership and it comes down to vision yeah. when you don't have a clear vision within a company you have and this is something i can speak to i've been in the position to develop a vision for a company to make sure a vision is being delivered on if you do not have a vision a clear-cut vision in the company your company will go nowhere you will stall out you will never find the headwinds necessary to move your ship, especially a ship of this size. You cannot be agile. You cannot do things willy-nilly and expect to be successful, especially also in a high-risk, high-reward industry like the video games business is. You cannot do that for an extended period of time and not see problems. You're going to start fires that you can't control, and that's what's happening. And now on top of that, Steele, with these Yves comments, They've already lost a ton of talent. Now, granted, they are still extremely talented just because of sheer numbers you're going to have massive talent. You still have a lot of talent within that company, but that talent right now is looking around at an industry that needs talent everywhere, yes. and they are willing to overpay for your services at this point because they are so in desperate need of more developers. Now, you just opened the door wide and said, why don't you just leave? <laughs> why don't you just go find somewhere else? And a lot of people are going to take advantage of that. This could be the last straw. I, it's unfortunate because I, I really don't. 
I don't want to see Tom Clancy die. Uh, I don't want to see Rainbow Ooh. die. I don't want to see um these different IPs, Prince of Persia, another one, um, which again, you want to talk about mismanagement and people that don't that don't know what the fuck is going on. They released a they were trying to release a Prince of Persia game that looked like a like an old mobile game. Like, do you not care about your IP at all? Do you right. not remember the impact Prince of Persia had at the time? The game was that's the bigger more of a big reason why Assassin's Creed is as successful as it is today. Yeah. I think you just pass it off like it was some at least to me when I saw the trailer that they originally put out and tried to pitch and then now they've indefinitely delayed and probably is one of the games that they ended up canceling. Because there was no clear vision. It was obvious. A vision that they had, I don't know who let that pass by. It's just like when people, it's like when people, when we saw Craig at the, uh, at the Xbox show, it's like, who missed it? Yeah. It's, 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 it's the definition of insanity to me, man. It's a, they're it is. going, it going really up in is. flames and hopefully, hopefully somebody with some care, um, ends up investing into them. Cause I think, uh, I heard y'all talk about this last night too. Um, somebody crunched the numbers, but they were like, uh, to buy them right now, they're right over 2 billion or whatever the case might 2. be. 2.8, 2.8 uh, 2. 8 billion. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. That means what? Five, maybe, maybe you pay 8 billion just to be nice. You don't uh, even pay that. Even pay that. So maybe no. five, six on a good day. Yeah. That is, but nobody's going to want 20,000 employees. I mean, no. shit, Microsoft. That's what I said. 69 yeah, yeah. for fucking over a thousand, no. over almost 10,000. <laughs> no, you got to trim. You got to trim out. You're going to have to. A and, more. A more. and, and go, go, Paul, you make a great point. I mean, again, it's partly how the market is now, though. Ubisoft is a publisher built for the early 2010s. You're absolutely correct. That's the thing that they never adapted to where the industry was going. We saw this with EA. For a long while, they were drowning as well. They were they were lost if they didn't have their sports franchises. EA oh, yeah, was going to be in deep, deep, deep trouble. But that's the problem is Ubisoft doesn't have any of those, and they haven't found one. And they keep trying. And Tim the Sorcerer, you're right. Finding finding a finding a live service isn't going to immediately rescue them either. Oh, no, no, it's no, not no. at this point. No, 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 no. That's why the that's why we're saying at this point the Ubisoft. Today is not the Ubisoft you're going to see in two years. Yves already came out and said they're going to cut 200 million um, euros in two years. Part of that is going to be devs. Part yeah. of that is going to be studios. Part of that is going to be that. Have to. And there's no easy way out of this now for Ubisoft. There isn't because they're so far behind. Any We just heard. I mean, again, people are already talking about the dev cycle for a AAA game now. If they start a new game now, it's six years. Six years. Well, we're they talking about almost the next generation. So they don't have time. They're going to have to make hard decisions. Again, I feel awful for the devs right now who've got to be wondering what that means. If they're on the chopping block, if they're going to be what that means for their family. I mean, it's awful. This is a part of the business we don't like. Yeah. Right. But this is what happens when your leadership runs your company a wrong way. This is exactly what happens. And it's awful. Um, but the good news is, again, the industry needs talent right yeah. now these people are not going to be out of work very long um they might have to relocate which is not always available for everybody not ideal, but listen but, not ideal but they're going to be able to find jobs if they want them this industry needs this talent right now because mm -hmm. it's so healthy again ubisoft is an outlier 
it's it's a spot of mold right now on on almost a perfect kind of piece of bread. Right. Um, it, it is not the norm right now in this industry to see stuff like this happening for a Ubisoft uh, size corporation. But again, there is no quick fix. Um, there really isn't. Uh, the Guillermo family needs to leave. Um, they. I mean, obviously, they're in it for themselves and not for yeah, the overall yeah, industry. No, and they're so ego driven. Whatever. They don't want to give up the company. Um, they don't want to give up control. That's why they that. sold to Tencent a portion of their stock is because they don't want to give it up. They don't want to give up the power. But they, right now, the way it looks like from the outside, the Guillermo family does not know what they're doing. Um, they don't understand the industry and they don't understand, obviously, how to get there to, to they don't know how to listen to people. Um, they think that they're smarter than everybody else in the room. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Um, and that trickles down to the rest of your company. Um, yeah. and that's it's, what happens. Especially when you, when you leave off with saying, Hey, it's up to you guys yeah. to get it back in order. Like, no, yeah. how about you get in these fucking offices and see what's going on? Actually, how about that? How about we do that? How about you, you know? look in the mirror first and say, I need to change. Yeah, uh, obviously. <laughs> um, Nick's made a comment earlier saying yeah. Ubisoft needs that Capcom redemption story. I'm rooting mm. for them. Yeah, Capcom yeah. and Bandai Namco, to be quite frank with you, um, they need they do need that type of uh, redemption story. But the unfortunate thing, though, Bandai and Capcom have a lot more IP that they can come back with and yeah. have shown that they care about. Well, like you said, though, Steele, Ubisoft, yeah, that's the problem, though, is what they're going to invest. Ubisoft has the potential within their IP. They could go back to the problem. The problem I said last night is they forgot that you have to make a good game first. Then think about monetize. monetization in 2023 is going to be included in any plan of a yeah. game. OK, period. I understand nobody's nobody's playing dumb. here. Monetization has to be a part of it, right? But you have to make a core good game first. You have to make a game that appeals to a core fan base right. first. Yeah. Then you can start worrying about the monetization. But if you go into every game, talk, discussion, pitch, and say, how are we going to monetize it? Your priorities are way out of whack. You can't build a game about monetization first. You have to build a game about the core gameplay first. That's how it's always been and how it always will be. That's why you see games like Apex Legends come out of nowhere and take off. Why? Because Vincent Pell and his team know how to build a, build a damn good core game first. And that's exactly what they did. They took the Titanfall mechanics that they knew were great and incorporated them into a arena or a battle royale type game. They made sure that core game was on fire. Hey, and then the monetization came with it. Huh? I said, yeah. and Apex has reached a height <laughs> yeah. where it's like, Right. It's it's uh, it's up there yeah, now. It's like, up there. Yeah. But that's how you do it and that's what Ubisoft has to figure it out. So make sure you be and again like Bab went off last night about the Splinter Cell. They didn't they they announced Splinter Cell remake in a blog post basically is what they did. They gave it no attention whatsoever. They this basically comes off like Ubisoft finally said, "Fine, go make your stupid Splinter Cell game." Bro, if you get Splinter Cell right and the game is exactly what all of us old fans think of and you bring in new fans because they haven't seen a Sam Fisher style game in forever and you make that game great, like you said, Steel, guess what, Ubisoft? You can bring out Mercs. Spies oh, versus Mercs. How dope would it be 
I don't. I, I think this was Blacklist. They showed the trailer for, and you might remember this. Remember the trailer that they showed for Splinter Cell back in the day, where it was just like where he was. Where they were showing the locomotion and how you engage with enemies and everything, yeah. and how he was just on the move, taking yeah. people. Yeah. You yeah. telling me that people don't want to see that? Right. It's John Wick. You telling it was me John that- Wick before John Wick? Exactly. It's more stealth for sure, but yeah, yeah, um, but more stealth. But I'm saying that the, the, the way that you could play, and some people didn't like that. There was some Splinter Cell fans that didn't like that. Yeah, move. Sure. I don't care. I enjoyed it, but like you said, Steel, if they're going to do something like that, show it off, talk about it, be ready, and then bring in Spies versus Mercs and go ahead and monetize it. But Spies versus Mercs was already great back in the day. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just bring it back, update it, make sure the core is good monetize it you're good people will come play multiplayer like that they will that's how you do it though and i and i know it's it's it's, it's difficult too because there are other games that don't see that type of success or just haven't figured it out sure again metal gear is another one of those too um metal, metal gear 5 the phantom pain I, I thought had an excellent multiplayer to me um because they incorporated what you did in the story and what i remember sure. what i recall people talking about metal gear um yeah. into the multiplayer way you put a pair you could sneak up on somebody knock them out put a parachute on them boop like yep. i was like yo this game is fucking fantastic mm-hmm. they, and they didn't support it no and now metal we got to wait for them to remake the mm. the old games for us to even have some semblance of that but there's something missing out of that too. And no, that's not Ubisoft, but it is another example of you not taking advantage of a prime opportunity where you're not taking um, uh, advantage of the space. Yes. Because of what reason? Focused elsewhere. Because you're focused elsewhere. You're trying all this other garbage instead of focusing on what you've got in front of you. Again, Division 2, had they come out after the resurgence of Division 2 and said, you know what? Heartland is now going to be an expansion for the Division 2. We're going to add it onto this world. We're back in on Division 2. The whole team's getting back together again. We are doing it. And they they said that. That would have drove the Division 2 community to new heights. People would have been excited for that. That could have been a whole expansion itself. They could have just added it on there. Bro, it would have been beautiful. But they didn't do that because they don't have that vision. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I've got the magic pill, but I'm just saying that's one way they could handle that situation. The one thing they do have going for them, Steel, the one thing is massive Star Wars game. Which yeah. We're supposed to get news on this year. Yeah. If massive Star Wars game is what Tom Henderson from Insider Gaming claims it to be, and again, I have not seen that information anywhere. I don't know where he got this. But if this is some open universe type Star Wars game where you can create the characters you want and you can travel the universe and massive hits this out of the park steel with a Star Wars game. Oh boy. It could be that moment. It could be that Vince Pella moment for Ubisoft that triggers a change, not overnight, yeah. not instantaneous, not company wide, but you pair that with the Assassin's Creed roadmap. And if they hit the Assassin's Creed roadmap, if Mirage comes out, is exactly what we're all hoping it's going to be, that smaller, old-school Assassin's This could be the moment where we start to see a shift within Ubisoft. I still think they're going to have to make massive changes. I still think they're going to have to trim down. But Ubisoft could get through this and come out on the other side. There is hope. Again, that massive Star Wars game is a silver bullet in some ways if they hit it. So... 
Uh, State Mall says, nope, Star Wars dead. That's getting scrapped. Bet. Um, <laughs> because because Massive is on it, um, that, that's going to be one of the ones that they do probably keep in line because they, that's their bigger studio. And Massive has proven themselves to make a good game. Right? They're not consistent, but we'll see if this next one they actually put uh, a lot of their heart and soul into because at this point, I mean, when you got your ball standing here, hey, it's on you to get it right. I'd imagine that's a lot of pressure to be under now, um, whether you take it literal or not, because, of course, you don't have to take it literally. Um, you can always go somewhere else. But for somebody that, again, I see devs as they care about what they work on or as they wouldn't be doing it um, right. at some aspect, especially when they spend years working, again, six years to work on a new game. God damn. I hope you have some care. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, so the types of things that we've just been seeing, it just doesn't I can go hand in hand with each other. And, and I, I, I just, right. um, it's unfortunate for Ubisoft. Hopefully they can get it together. Um, yeah, I mean, saw some people mention in chat. It could be opening up for Netflix to jump in. It could open it up for uh, Amazon to jump in. It could, yeah, it mm -hmm. opens up for Tencent to mm -hmm. come in and buy and buy it outright, which I don't think that we want. No. That's just my personal. That's just no, my no, personal no, no. opinion. No. And seeing more of that Chinese influence get put into oh. Ubisoft already, because oh. you'd be crazy to think with the type of money that they've been investing oh. now, especially behind the scenes, and mob mentality. Yeah, I kind of think about it. Um, there's a much and bigger they, influence there. Now the Chinese government is even hiding. Now they're just going to buy directly into Tencent. They're not even hiding anymore. So crazy. Then yep. there's almost, almost insanity there, but. Um. All right. Oh, Let's... and I should say, I should say, Steel, because you started out too, just briefly. Just okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But the Ubisoft Plus deal oh, uh, yeah, with yeah, Microsoft, yeah. that definitely makes it more plausible as to why that's happening now. Actually, Ubi, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now yeah. that, that that now that they've taken this hit, that Microsoft money, all the more important. I mean, all yeah, the more important. But it also and depends if, on how they end up in putting that into the structuring ecosystem. it. Correct. Because if it is Ubisoft Plus, man, that's yes. I mean, that's a hell of a deal. But right. Ubisoft Plus right now on PC is also $15 a month. Same right. price as your Game Pass subscription. You're Correct. getting nowhere close to the same value. But but if Microsoft is going to offer it at a reduced amount to add on to Game Pass Ultimate, I mean yeah. and they're going and they're and they're and obviously they're they're going to be financing a portion of that cost, right? That means that Ubisoft is going to get upfront money. Uh, in regards to the 25 million plus current subscribers, they will get a large cash upfront influx. Um, so that could be helping push this deal forward as well right now. So yeah, that's all I want to add to that. percent Yeah. Um, let's see what's going. What else we jump into here? I think really, um, not too much else. Uh, there was some news about uh, the revisions on the PlayStation that people were talking about previously. Yeah, Discord. Um, uh, yeah, they, they're oh, really oh you're talking about that other one too. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I know what they're you're talking about. Supposedly, yeah. it's crazy how PlayStation ended up mentioning Discord first and it's coming last. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I guess whatever. they had to figure some things out in the back end because again, it hasn't been designed for that over the last decade. Um, so they probably had to do a lot of back end work. And bigger sure is a good work. cloud gaming too, Stu. That's yeah. a big one. So then that's the other thing too. Um, and they're going to be doing cloud streaming for PS5 games. 
And uh, I wonder what servers they're using for that. That's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about for that news to come out. Is it AWS or is it still Azure? We'll find uh, out. I mean, uh, previously it was Azure. I mean, PlayStation yeah. was uh, in conversation and in talks with Microsoft. They did use those servers. Um, yeah, they do have a deal on the table. So, yeah, that ends up playing out. Um, but there was a, in addition, this is coming from Tom Henderson on Twitter. Yep. Um, a small update seems like it doesn't seem like there are going to be any major hardware changes from the original console with the PS5. Because uh, they were talking about making a uh, basically an option for you to have the disk drive where you can just buy it separately, slap it on whenever you need it, and then whatever the case may be. Um, don't know how they're going to end up powering that, whether it's USB or not, but whatever. Um, the other thing, too, is that the disk drive likely won't be compatible with the current digital version. Why? Like what year? What year are we living in? That is a huge problem, Steel. If that turns out to be true, I hope not, brother. There is not. no what possible. I I can't even think. And again, I'm not a tech guy at all, but I can't think of any possible reason why a add-on disk drive that is USB would not work with your PlayStation Five digital unless you your original PlayStation Five digital unless you purposely designed it in that fashion there i and i don't think uh no yeah it's going to say is using it uh in the extra usb-c port um yeah that just doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) at all unless you want people to have to go buy a new one to use a a disk drive oh no and but and this it is also coming sense. from um, insiderdashgaming.com. Yeah, which um, is Tom Henderson's site. I, I looked I looked over this a little bit, yeah. and I'm kind of confused because I'm seeing some, some conflicting numbers here. Didn't PlayStation come out and, note and say that they sold mm-hmm. 30 million consoles? Yeah, that just happened. This, that was Jim Ryan's himself at One of the CES. third paragraphs in this says, yeah. Sony Interactive has reported that as of June 2022, Okay, that was back. Yeah, back that's then. why. Okay, that was back then. I was, yeah, I was yeah. reading it backwards. I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. I was about to say, um, why is there conflicting? <laughs> anyway, no. um, but yeah, it's real. It's really strange if that does end up coming to fruition that the disk drive wouldn't be able to work with the previous version, um, especially the digital version of the console, the one that they're not really selling like that anyway. But anyway, um, that, that yeah. leads me to believe there's just some more shady things happening behind the scenes at least to me or there's a change internally some some way somehow that just isn't compatible man that could very well be the case but i do think that's going to be a a huge miss and again things have gone more the digital route so it may not be even that big of a deal um but if this does come to fruition it is going to be something to talk about because again um you putting out products that aren't compatible with your own products is very strange to me um, and I don't get the principle behind that, other than wanting to people wanting people to spend more money. That's the only thing that I can really think of. And um, I mean, hey, you're very well in your right to do that. And if you your people, um, people who are invested in that ecosystem, they feel like it's well worth it. Then hey, you're gonna get it. I just I don't know to not also not hear there's not gonna be any other real external internal changes to the system. Yeah, I don't get that either. So it's like. Okay, so the external drive that you're bringing forward or that you're bringing in is going to be able to work with the new consoles that you're making, but it can't work with the old consoles, although you're not changing anything internally, quote right. unquote. Right. That has to mean that you are changing something internally. 
You'd think so. Does it make no unless you're going to magically put out an update uh, three months later and say, "Oh, it works now." This is what. Are, this what is, are we doing? This is going to be an interesting experiment, Steel. If they go to a one skew, which it sounds like they are, if they're yeah. only going to produce digital only consoles, and then how are you? Because we've seen this in the past. Anytime you ask your customer base to buy an uh, an add on, it doesn't always work out the way are they going to bundle them are they going to have bundles with the digital and the external disk drive um what's the pricing points going to look like on this like this is this is a weird move i mean i understand the one skew it's obviously cheaper um on all fronts shipping uh production shipping you know it it, it simplifies your it simplifies everything in uh, your business model, if you have one SKU, and then you just have an add-on, but I, it's still going to be interesting to see how this works. I, I, this is a this is a kind of a, a strange move from Sony. I, no, I'm, there's I, no there's no price known. There's no other information. Yeah, other than, than that. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be some slight changes happening, and again, it's all hearsay. We won't know um, until they actually bring it to the market. I'd have to imagine that Sony wouldn't do that. Um, hopefully, um, but Psycho also brings up the good good point. It seems like they may uh, want to take uh, the old hardware off the market. That could very well be the case, but then that's just to me that shows terrible foresight. If you created the console one way in the beginning, and now you want to completely change it to do something different, what's preventing you from just offering an external drive right now and making right. more digital versions of your PS5? Right. What's stopping you from doing that? Why are you wanting to make a whole new SKU in the first place? Has to be some other things See? behind the scenes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Some, yeah there's yeah. like at some point, when do you use some common sense and say, hey, this isn't adding up at all? And again, nothing against PlayStation. Everybody's good to go. I mean, we so we've yeah. heard some smoke about the liquid metal and some there's people who yeah. I've I've been retweeting it and showing videos of people that actually do work on PS5 as their job and they get a lot of them in and they've been working on them. Um and a lot of that has been debunked. Not saying that it can't be possibly an issue in the future, sure. but sure. it's I don't think it's at a red ring type of level. I don't think any company is gonna allow no. that type of uh mishap to happen. And I do talk about that if you guys miss the uh we don't know ten years from now. That's the other thing. Yeah. But ten years from now, is it gonna right. matter? Because at that point you got right. new consoles, you got new things in the matter, and people right. bitching about it at hey, well, well, you got ten years out of it though. Well, Okay, here we go with this. Uh, they right. don't make things like they used to. <laughs> right. Correct. Correct. So, I, I don't Correct. know. But yeah, it's going to be, I, I, we got to wait for the official announcement on all this stuff anyways. We haven't yeah. gotten anything official, but but it is curious. It is certainly curious. Um, yeah, it's definitely something to keep, keep in mind. Again, if, if you're still having a great time with your PlayStation, not having any issues with it, great. Uh, continue to support it. Um, there shouldn't be any reason whether your place is standing vertically or horizontally or whatever. They designed the console to be this thing to do either or. This isn't fucking ten years ago or not even longer because they made uh, the Xbox One X that that way and the Xbox Series consoles too that way where you could stand them up. This isn't back in the day where you had to leave it one way, um, which was horizontal. Now they've added that versatility, so it has to work. And hopefully, it doesn't continue to. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't bring out any. Uh, let's see. What else you want to get into here, Pong? Uh, I don't think I have much left on my list of things to kind of touch on um, here. Um, see. avowed possibly having some co-op components. I know yeah. I heard some smoke about that this week. 
which yeah, is kind of ACG exciting. Put that out. Yeah, Jez had originally reported that the version that he knew of did have some type of co-op aspect to it, and then ACG uh, Jeremy Penter, shout out to him, great dude, um, came out and said that he's hearing that the co-op is still uh, a, a part of Avowed in some way. So they are going to have a co-op, which is, yeah, like you said, still, it's going to be very interesting how they do this. Can't wait to hear more about this because um, Avowed's going to be an open world RPG. Um, and you're telling me I can come in co-oping with somebody? It's going to be yeah. kind of dope. Be really dope. I like the idea. Yep. Uh, another like other thing that um, I do want to talk yeah. about or just at least yeah. mention here um, is going to be Atomic Heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. This is one of those things that where me and Pong have been kind of on the bandwagon for Atomic Heart. Um, even when we got some of the smoke that, oh, there's internal issues. The game isn't as great as it looks. This is um, fake. And fake. Uh, it's a fake game. It doesn't really play like that. And they're just making it seem like one way so people will pre-order the game. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't know. There was a leak of 14 minutes of gameplay that was put out there. And there's been a lot of DMCAs and people pulling content yeah. down. And even if, you're try- if, even if you're speaking on the game in some assets uh, or some fronts, I should say, um, some of that information is getting pulled down too. But um, so I'm going to go from, I'm going to pull this from Insider Dash Gaming. Uh, Atomic Heart is set to release on the 21st of February. And what could be considered the final hour Kind of, 14 minutes of gameplay has been leaked online in a video that the developer, Munfist, is trying like hell to contain. Eagle-eyed gamers have looked at comparisons between all the footage and the leaked footage uh, in the leaked gameplay, and they're pleased to see it looks considerably better in the newer content. For years, something of a trend in gaming has been developers launching a game in a poor state than it was shown in earlier trailers. Man, Insider Gaming, it looks like, ah, looks like you guys have been fucking paying attention. Goddamn, I love it. Um, Atomic Heart Human Era. There are few projects immune to leaks these days, and Atomic Heart is no stranger to that fact. In the leak gameplay breakdown, we can see a huge amount of content uncovered from within the game, which is set to release in just over a month. Atomic Heart is also coming into Game Pass. So anybody that has real questions or maybe don't like Russians or I don't know what your what your thing is, coming into Game Pass. You got the option to try it or not. Uh, Atomic's Heart. Atomic Heart's open world looks fantastic, diverse, and ripe with opportunities to explore. So, um, the combat seems to take elements from Bioshock and Far Cry, with the player utilizing ranged and melee-based attacks like powers uh, such as telekinesis and lightning bolt. There's an AI system that guides, uh, that guides the player with sarcasm, um, and so does the protagonist. Uh, everything was fluid, seamless, from the movement mechanics to the driving. That is something that I want to touch on um, because it's recent gameplay that I've been seeing. It looks like the game is playing at 60 frames, at least from what I could tell. It looks way too smooth for it to there be at 30. some hiccups in there, but yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not saying it's consistent, but it yeah. looks like that they're going for 60, and I hope that it, that is the case because this is as action-oriented from yes. what I've seen from the game. This yes. is going to be a, one of the, another paced. game that is going to prove my point of why 60 frames is important this generation. Right. Regardless of how people feel about it, I'm telling you, the feeling of games is so much more important than the visual fidelity. And the, the visual fidelity especially will come along. Especially, especially, this especially this type of game. Yes. Um, apparently, there's going, to be, uh, there's going to be some puzzles in there, nothing that's going to like bend your back or anything like that. Oh, like some people say that. with Hellblade, throw some of that yeah. in there. Uh, there's going to be a crafting system, RPG elements, looting. Wow, oh. looting. I wasn't expecting that. Um, 
and the great voice acting, which we did hear some of that within yep. the trailer. Now, I would love to bring the trailer here. I'll try to look for, look for one, and I couldn't but find it's... one to bring up. Um, but I was going to play that for you guys here. They probably would have DMCA'd us, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was going to so... say, because I've got it. I, you can find it, folks, okay. if it is the actual leaked footage. It's out there. Most people have it unlisted now on YouTube. But you can find versions. I watched the entire 14 minutes yesterday. So, um, With a month left to go before Atomic Heart launch, 14-minute leak provides an extremely valuable insight into the game for anybody excited about it. But if you want to go in with an open mind and absolutely no spoilers, avoid the leak like This is extremely interesting to me because, again, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, this is a, a game that me and Pong have been adamant about since we first seen it um, because it, it was offering something different. Um, especially when you saw some of the robots and the way that how aggressive they are. And then you look in the trailer and you weigh some of the enemies. Y'all touched on this too. It's one of the things that stood out to me. Um, how they seemingly adapt. I hope that's a thing. I'd like that's another thing that I've been on a on my on a high horse about is and it's one of the reasons why I think the nemesis system is so great, is the evolving AI. How does AI adjust to me as a player? And everybody plays differently. So it's always, I think it would be dope to see the AI adjust to the player more so um, these days and see how they change tactics and learn and everything else. Then it would just be, give me some simple AI, put a, for an example, you put nowadays still, um, you put a game on hard. The only thing that changes is that you take more damage. AI don't get no smarter. They don't do anything really different. You just take more damage. I don't get that. When I think of, oh, I'm putting the game on a higher difficulty, I'm expecting smarter AI, better interaction. My bot said, if I have a teammate, for an example, even if it's an AI teammate, for it to be smarter, and 90% of the time, that's not the case. Um, so to see some of those aspects in this game, and we'll know if that's true or not, that could have just been staged and how they, how they interact, but it leaves me with a lot of excitement of what the potential of this game is again um it has a lot of high fantasy elements uh jasper touched on it too it has like cold war kind of feel to it um i could agree with some of that uh but it's just the over-the-top nature of the game and how clean that it looks how how smooth it looks um and the fact that it is doing something a little bit different i know a lot of people um go back to bioshock and say man that's one of the greatest games i've ever played and it goes out pong's even said that to me I went to back, I played Bioshock Infinite, and that's probably where I went wrong because I started too late. And I was like, this game's all right, but I don't know what the, I don't know why I have any, I don't know why I should be here. Um, so I probably missed an opportunity. And again, because those games haven't been remade and because I'm hard headed, I'm not going back to old. I got enough to play right now. Um, it's very rare that I go back to try to play a game that I missed out on, unless you have an effect like Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which mm. I played it in its best form. Um, yeah. I didn't have to deal with all the issues that everybody else dealt with and the ups and downs. And again, Mass Effect 2 is the best game ever made. Anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, Atomic Heart, I'm, I'm even more excited about from that 14 minutes of gameplay that we've seen there. Uh, the aggressive nature of the, uh, of the robots too, um, oh. of the androids, whatever, they're, whatever they are. Yeah. T T-1000, Mannequins. I don't know what they are. Uh, mannequins. <laughs> this, this, see, and that's the other thing. Mannequins can be fucking scary. I'm yeah. not gonna mannequin looking. Hey, I'm not with all that. Turn the lights off. Now nah, I'm cool. Um, but the but the aggression ends, mm -hmm. like I'll talk about too, where um, 
he broke their he broke the dude's wrist and then stuck his head. Yeah, the, the, the ending death scene. Chest. Yeah, the ending death scene. It wasn't just a simple "you died" scene. Nah, it was nah. <laughs> got, that's that reminds me of like a Dead Space or yeah. or one of the yeah. or, or more of the horror games where when they do the death animation, they make it real over the top to make it yeah. leave you with a lasting impression that you might not want to die again. Um, and it seems like they're doing the same thing. And I like that because you you add an extra level of okay, what's what's gonna happen the next time? Is he gonna put his fucking hand arm through my chest again? And like that makes me feel some type of way. I don't like. I'm one of those guys too, where it's like it's hard for me to watch Saw movies because they're sitting there cutting their legs off. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. I'm not. I'm good. I'll turn it off. I'll come back. I don't need to see that. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that ends up playing out, um, especially in a first person experience. But, um. I'm definitely more excited. It looks like another grandiose hit, possibly. Mm. For possibly. Game Pass. Possibly steal. Um, well, I mean, like, for Game Pass, yeah. but also it's coming out. For, for gaming, it's coming to everything. Um, but for gaming overall, and this is something that I touched on when I first saw Atomic Heart um, and the uh, comparisons to a Bioshock-like type game. Again, Bioshock was a brand new IP. Yeah, it was based upon System Shock, but not many people had touched yeah. System Shock outside of PC because it was never anywhere else. So when Ken Levine dropped and 2K dropped Bioshock, nobody knew what to expect. The magazines at the time, again, this goes way back, folks. You don't remember. We didn't have information like we do now. So we were dependent upon what people in magazines were writing. People in magazines were getting hyped about Bioshock. And they were talking about what a different experience it was and that this was a new type of game that you've never played before. And Bioshock came out of nowhere as a brand new IP and absolutely killed it. Again, Bioshock 1, to me, is the closest thing you can ever get to a true perfect 10 out of 10 game. Okay? There is not, again, we give, you know, if you rate games, 10 out of 10 does not mean a perfect game. When it comes to Bioshock, it's the closest you're ever going to get. Um, and I said that from the beginning when I saw Atomic Heart, that the reason why 2023 already on paper could be potentially the best year of gaming ever across the board. Okay. And you go back and look at some of those 360 years, you will find some incredible years of gaming, but it's going to be games like this Atomic Heart that come out of nowhere as brand new IP from a under no, from a not known studio really that shocked the world that will put this year over the top. Yes. We're going to have our Spider-Man twos our Zelda's our Starfields, all of that this year, which is freaking ridiculous. Game of year awards are going to be crazy, but it's going to be these games from these third parties, from these indie studios that nobody's expecting that show up that really push the bar to a, a different stratosphere. Right. Yeah. And Atomic Heart, after watching this 14 minutes, um, really has that potential to be in the game of the year considerations at the end. Now, again, we don't know. We don't have it in our hands. Like Steele said, there's going to be the feel of the game. This is a high, a fast paced first person type game with powers and, and weapons and all of that stuff involved. So until we actually get our hands on it, there's a lot to know. Uh, there's a lot that we don't know about yet. But let's assume that Atomic Heart comes out and hits the way we think it is going to. This game is going to be a game that's talked about. The story, Steel, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I want to know. It's not one of those games where I look at it and go, I don't care. I'm just all about the gameplay. The gameplay is going to be great. I, I'm, 
No, I want to know what the fuck is happening. Again, if, if for anybody who hasn't looked into Atomic Heart, it's set into a Cold War era um, Russia. Okay, that's where where it's based upon. And if you don't understand what Cold War aesthetics are, it's very hard to explain. But it's kind of that fifties meets eighties kind of feel to it. Um, this, <laughs> yeah, kind yes, futuristic but old school kind of Fallout-ish kind of. It's it's very hard to explain. Um, this also has now steel a very minimalistic style to it, a very which is if you don't pull it off right, it can come off as bland. But if you pull it off in the best way possible, it gives it a very distinct visual styling, and that's what I'm seeing from this 14 minutes of gameplay. Like it's crazy how unique this game does look. Um, as you talked about the aggression of the AI, like I said, I don't know what difficulty this was on. Yeah, we don't know. No. This was this Maybe was not raw, a difficulty. <laughs> right. This was raw gameplay footage. But the aggressiveness of the AI was overwhelming. This the, whoever was playing during this gameplay session was healing constantly after being attacked because of how aggressive the AI was. There's even this moment in this trailer. There's a couple moments. But there's one moment in there, uh, the uh, player is wielding an axe, and the axe has a ice element attacked to it as well, which freezes the enemies after a certain amount of hits. There was a moment where he freezes one of these mannequins, androids, whatever the hell they are. He freezes this thing in a block of ice, and he backs away from it, and he's shooting it, and then he switches weapons. And he's about to hit it with this big electric kind of shock, this plasma shock uh, weapon. Well, he takes too long and the ice breaks apart. And, you know, in most video games, when you hit something with like an ice element or whatever element, they're kind of sit there for a second or two while they kind of reorientate. And you kind of have that opening to attack them. The minute the ice broke, this thing shot out of there. And was attacking him. Like his plasma shot missed because he took too long. And this thing was on him. Like instantaneously. Like it was crazy. I was like, whoa, look at this. It's another moment that Psycho brought up last night too. Where he walks into this building and there's and there's more of these android things. But they're dressed kind of differently. They're all in black. They kind of look like butlers. And he starts attacking them. And, he, and one of them was going to do like a roundhouse kick on him. And he froze this thing in the middle of its roundhouse kick. And again, most video games, you freeze something. It's like instantaneous. Yeah. It's just dead stop. This thing continued through its motion as it was freezing. You could see the roundhouse kick get slower and slower as the ice was building around it. And then once the ice completed, it fell over because it was off balance. That's dope. Under That's the detail. ground. That's detail. That's detail. There's another part of this where I saw, and I, again, I was watching at work, so I, I didn't have my full attention but i was watching the scene where he was attacking this group and one of the ai uh bots like one of these balls he that attack you he had it down and it he hit it down to the ground and like when it, he went up to it to finish it and as it got up it transformed into like this different looking death machine like in front of yeah. his face like the d level of detail in this game is absolutely insane and um, again, this is one of those games that I think that makes 2023, again, we don't know yeah. <laughs> anything in it. 
could be to- it could be total fake, and we just totally get this game. They're, and they're it's like fucking garbage. Yeah, but well, I'm but I'm telling you, from. <laughs> from whatever what what I'm seeing here, this is one of those games that at the end of the year, when we get done, and the early games, you know, sometimes are forgotten. We saw that with Horizon um, Forbidden West, um, and uh, but we saw a game like Elden Ring continue to be played and talked about. Atomic Heart has the chance to come out and do some things so differently that when we look back at 2023, we're still talking about Atomic Heart at the end of the year towards the Game Awards. And I think that that's when one of these games can slip in there as a dark horse, not as a winner. Again, the competition this year, if Starfield hits, if Zelda hits, if Spider-Man 2 hits, listen, you know those three out the gates are going to be in the game of the year, okay? And then you got two other spots for two games. Atomic Heart could be one of those that surprises everybody, that everybody's still talking about, that everybody's still like, God, I can't believe that experience that I had in Atomic Heart. I can't wait for Atomic Heart 2. I can't wait for what the studio is going to do next, much like Ken Levine did with Bioshock. And that's where I kind of put this game. Um, So February, right around the corner, dropping into Game Pass Day 1, Atomic Heart could be a monster of a game that uh, really – does push things in a different direction, a new direction, to the point where we're all just stunned that this game came out of nowhere. Um, I can't wait for Atomic Heart. Yeah, man, um, it's it's definitely doing something different. It's doing some of the things that I that I continue to mention here, as far as like detail and things to that nature, where those things have more of an impact on the overall game experience than visual fidelity does. Um, the game can look good, and if the um, everything that you're seeing within the world is interactive with you, which is this is seemingly being is not just a game. Um, I mean, of course it is, but um, but it took it a deeper level to make it more interactive, to make it more engaging, to give you that extra level of not necessarily fear, but uh, more so maybe anticipation, maybe more so uh, unpredictability um, where you don't know what's going to happen next. And where you might have to be at ultra aggressive and you'll get punished if you sat, sit there and run and um, the enemies will be on your back. And we really did. It's going to be really awesome to see, man. Yep. Not to mention the, the, the um, not to mention the diversity in the ways that you're going to be able to approach yes. um, encounters with the powers and the weapons and you're going to be able to customize. And they talk about the loot system and the crafting system. That means your play style steel might be completely different, different from mine. Right. And that's what makes these games special. That was what Bioshock gave you as well. Um, Bioshock with the uh, plasmids. I believe they were called plasmids. If I correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and you could customize how you use those in battles. And everybody kind of had a different play style through depending on what they liked and what they enjoyed. And this game's got them in Fades from what I've seen again with the elemental attachments to the weapons, and then you've got the ability you got, um, um, you got, um, um, you can you can um grab people, you can grab some of the enemies, throw them up in the air, you can do all sorts of craziness, uh, telekinesis, I should say. Um, you've got all these abilities, and that we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. I think this game could have a lot more to it, and this was a regular, the 14 minutes was only just like a regular, like, hey, I'm just running around the world finding things. Like, I'm going in and out. All the environments changed. He was outside one minute. He was indoors in different places. We've already seen the boss battle. One of the boss battles with that big giant ball. Remember, Steel? That big giant ball that had all freaking transform mid battle into something new. Just that boss is why, though, I believe it's it's at 60, though. 
There's a lot right. of motion that that ball was yeah. doing that I yeah. I think you'd be really easy to tell whether it was at 30. But yeah, that's true. But but again, just that one boss battle in this open world were two such different cool. experiences. And if there's more of that and just more, oh my God, we're in for something special here. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, we're def- definitely be in for a treat. And if anything, you guys will be able to definitely check it out right here with Living Split Screen because I'll definitely have some gameplay of it um, as I go through it. So, um, well... I don't have much else to uh, add to the conversation currently. Um, I think we pretty much covered all the topics that we were looking to hit. Pong, is there any, anything else that you want to throw in there as we wind uh, some things down? I tell the people to please hit that like button, share us out, and um, tell your mama you love us. And if uh, if you don't, uh, then tell her why you hate us. Or, you know, let us know down in the comments. It's always appreciated. And yeah. then... Uh, what you got? Real, real, real quick, Steel, just the, the playground stuff uh, that we mentioned oh, earlier yes. in the show. So let's just, yes, yes. let's just real quick on this because this is nonsense. Um, so uh, is his name Mike Power? Is that his name? I always forget. The main guy who left. I forget his name. Anyways, if you could look it up real quick, Steel, um, it should be easy to find. Um, anyways, the news that Playground lost um, 10 people this week to go start a new studio came out. And, of course... You know, the clown show wanted to run with it and say, oopsie, Microsoft Studios in trouble. Why would anybody want to leave a trillion dollar company if everything's great? Why would you leave that to go start your own? Oh, this is, you know, just like the initiative and just like all these other people leaving Microsoft Studios, Xbox Studios. This is a big problem for Microsoft. Oh, my God. Things are not looking good for Forza Horizon. Blah, blah, blah. Mike Brown. Thank you. I had power. Close. Uh, Mike Brown. Uh, Mike Brown uh, was the main uh, guy who left, and they started a new studio. What's the new studio name again, Steel? Does it uh, have it right there? The new studio name, oh, I just had it. Maverick. Maverick Mavericks. Thank you, yes, because he talked about that he was kind of a maverick himself. Um, listen, folks, this is industry this is why we talk about acquisitions not being a big deal. This is why we say the doom and gloom out there that um, – you know, Microsoft's going to eat everybody up and there's going to be nothing left. These little things happening show why this industry is still so healthy. That a group of 10 individuals who were at a successful studio like Playground worked on a fantastic franchise like Horizon. Understanding the risks that are involved with starting your own studio still Walk out and say, you know what? We want to go try something new. Shows you just how great this industry is, how dynamic this industry is, how this industry is still evolving, that it's not a set market, that it is not a set type of business that only one way works or that only the very wealthy can make it, that only big publishers can make games, all that kind of stuff. This shows you exactly that, that this group of people found enough confidence in the industry to say, nope, we're going to go do our own thing. And Mike Brown talked about that in his interview, stating that, listen, some of the ideas I threw around maybe didn't get implemented. And I always kind of told the people around me that, you know, rules are meant to be broken and all this kind of stuff. All that says to me is a bunch of creatives, a bunch of people who love to make things had wild success with playground games and said, you know what? It's been a good run. It's been a great time. Learned a ton. Now I'm going to go try it on my own. 
and I'm going to go implement my own ideas and I'm going to maybe make something different than a car PG or an arcade racer or whatever you want to call horizon. But I got these ideas and I want to go do my own thing. And you know what? I can because this industry supports this type of uh, endeavor, This the, these new studios popping up. So they went and walked. There is, and see, I'm going to let you talk because you had great points um, with Boom. No, you had great points the other day uh, about this. And I thought you hit the nail on the head with a lot of this stuff. But this is exactly what you want to see in an industry like this. Um, and I'm so happy for them to go do it. Playground is in good hands. And still, I'm going to let you talk about that because you made that one of your points as well about what happens when somebody like a Mike Brown and these other people do leave a studio like this after being there for years. How, how do they how do they recover, Steel? How, how do they recover from this kind of loss? I, I mean, <laughs> they could say they get more more talent or move or move people up within. I mean, right. it's not like Playground's right. in a bad state. They release five games in a row that are hitters. They're not average games. They're not some, oh, we'll just get it out the garbage bin and um, maybe play it. Some no, every game that they've put out has been a critically acclaimed hit for a arcade sim racer. They didn't have to make this, but they have, and they've done it successfully every time that they've went up the bat. Now, you can we can talk about the nuances and them handing out cars and making it super easy and accessible, whatever else, uh, that we, some of us, may not necessarily like, because there is a lot of that. But I don't think that this, but this situation deserves a oh look at playground in trouble oh look at xbox they can't maintain talent what it does say to me is that not everybody's meant to be just a worker yep. especially when you are that high up the chain as a creative design in creative design head of creative design excuse me and you're make trying to make decisions or come up with ideas and people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't really know if I feel about that. The thing about being a part of a team, ladies and gentlemen, whether you people understand this or not, is that you have to make personal sacrifice. Then mm -hmm. all your ideas are not going to be the end all to be all for right. the betterment of the game. Correct. Right. And if you want to create your own thing, guess what you have to do? As someone who has more of a boss mentality or more of that, again, he's not the head of the creative for no reason. Obviously, this and this is his first game that he led, and he led it to success. It's one of the most beautiful games out. One of the most beautiful Forza racing games that you can play right now. They brought Mexico to life in this and did it really well. It makes sense. That he wanted to go, he, he saw an opportunity that was presented to him and said, you know what, instead of continuously being the underdog or being the guy under somebody and not being able to real, really make, uh, have my choices make an impact on the overall product, I want to do my own thing. And this is the opportunity for me to be able to really expand upon that. And it wasn't just him. He has an entire team that he essentially brought with him. Right. Do you think that Microsoft didn't offer them some um, a dollar amount and say, hey, if you stay with us, uh, if you stay working on this car game, we'll pay you this? Yeah, they probably did. Or like Tim the Sorcerer said, we don't know. They might be financing this Maverick studio. That could be Much very like well Sony did with Haven. Right. You know, the, like, people were leading to, oh, well, they said they didn't they didn't really like working for nobody. Said they, they, didn't said, like, they said they loved 
everything that yeah. they've experienced with playground. Right. The experience was great. They wanted to do their own thing. He wanted to bring his own vision to life. And there's nothing preventing Xbox from being a helping hand. They have a direct connection inside. And it's rumored that they're still going to have hands in Fable somehow. Helping and being in and out. Again, you, like, do you all think that in this industry, it's so different from any other industry that nobody talks to each other? Right. No. That's why we get the games that we got. Are they all perfect? No. And everybody's going to do try to do things their own way at the end of the day and try to bring their vision to life. But games haven't come this far just because people were keeping things to themselves. Right. No. That's not how this industry works. Especially when, again, we have at least 20 more years of growth in this industry. To, right now would be the perfect time for you to step out and try and try to do something before things do become more refined. Where you'd have to make a choice. Where it's, oh, it's here, it's there, it's here. Look, man, this is what I got. And right now, devs are being given more of an opportunity to do something that they care about, that they love, that they can be 100% behind. Again, most devs don't stay in the industry for more than five years. They get burnt out. How it used to be. That's why bringing in, um, if I can think, bringing in unions is important. Um, at least in this industry. I'm not saying it's the end all to be all and it's the answer to everybody's questions, but it is a start because people are being treated unfairly. People don't see gaming as an art form. People think it is still some BS. Again, I, I have, I'm parents that, that see it that way. Right. But you'll go to an art museum or you'll go to, you'll sit down there and, and draw all day, and, but judge other people that are actually experiencing somebody else's vision that took almost a decade of their life with a team to bring a vision together. And then we're also going to be critical about somebody possibly wondering, oh, well, Microsoft should have kept them in. That goes completely against what Microsoft has been standing for up to this point about giving people the room to do what they want to do creatively. Yes. It completely goes against it if you are now saying, oh, well, they should have kept them. So you'd rather them be unhappy. You would rather keep somebody who wants to be a boss as a mini work as a, as a worker for them to become at some point become frustrated that that's what usually happens you become frustrated you fall out of love of your job and well in your passion quote unquote and you just get removed out of the industry or you remove yourself from the industry we've seen it happen time and time again i just it, it literally this is nothing but a big nothing burger uh <laughs> that people tried to blow up in the, the thing that blew my mind about it is what, what Forza Horizon game came out that made you all of a sudden have to second guess what moves they're making. Right. And like you said, Steele, Mike Brown, this was his first time at the head, which means they cultivated him, which means they have people behind him, as you said, that have also been cultivated to take the spot, to take on the role. Sure, you'd love to retain all your talent, and there's no company that's not going to say we want our top talent to stay with us forever, but that's not how human beings work. This happens industry-wide. This is the crazy part. They act like only Microsoft loses, that has devs that walk and move elsewhere. Come on, man. Come on. How many, how many former Sony devs are now working at Microsoft? 
Come on, and man. Vice versa. Yeah, it's and vice industry. versa. That's, that's the type of industry it is. That's the type it is. We should be celebrating that we've got a new studio out there forming that potentially could bring us the next big freaking hit that we don't know yet. That's yeah. what's great about this. People are worried about Activision Blizzard going down the drain, but not thinking yeah. about all the other studios that are being created consistently. Right. Right. All the new games that we will be getting. Right. All the potential that we have out there currently in the stratosphere. But we haven't seen anything about. We right. are we're still only talking about the surface level of the games that we're going getting into twenty twenty three. Right. Right. There is supposed to be a yeah. This shit is a ton more. Honestly, <laughs> you know, last year was like that was the year of like horror games. It seemed like this next year, I think, is going to be the year of third person games because there's a lot in the pipeline. Shooters, uh, combat games. There's a lot of that disposed that is lining up. Um, anime based games, uh, the Eastern style. You got your Wulong, you got Wukong, you got, you got all these different style of games that are coming in and making an impact and possibly changing how people look at, look at gaming. Again, yep. if I've made a car game for 10 years and I want to make an action adventure game now, yeah. I can't stay with my car co game company. They don't want to, they're not making an action adventure game. No, they're making a car game. No. So I can't stay. That's not my vision right. anymore. If I, the, I, it's not like they, he went out and looked for it. Maybe, maybe he did, but the opportunity presented itself. Jumped at it. I think, mm -hmm. and I, and I give them nothing but praises for doing that. I give them uh, nothing but um, the best wishes. Hopefully it continues to be great. But honestly, Guys, when do you think you're going to get a Horizon 6? You think it's going to be soon? No. It's going to be at least three years. If Motorsport was anything to prove, because now they, they've hit such a high bar with Horizon 5, how do you top that other than going to Japan and you just can't do, you can't just use location. That's not just going to work. Have to do something different. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't have the vision of what they, were, what they need to do differently. Somebody else will. Billions of people out here. More and more creatives coming into the space. More and more people coming into uh, game design. More and more people that can really uh, take advantage of what. Yeah. And, then, and that's just my take. Again, I agree. No, people good can feel too. how they want to. You can think that this whole, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm whatever, I'm gaslighting, or maybe I should be more concerned. I have no, no. reason. To, I have no reason to be concerned. Again, go. If you haven't played Horizon games, the Forza Horizon games, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have no reason to, to think that some now we're in danger. Yeah, it's going to collapse. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll feel that way if we get some more information about Fable and um, it seems to be in trouble. And I could be like, hey, man, maybe, maybe you should have kept some talent to make sure Fable's going to get out the door right. Maybe he didn't want to work on Fable. Huh? He didn't make a direct crossover. Oh. He could have. Oh. It, so obviously that, do his that own thing, game. man. He's got he's got he's got a game in mind that he wants to make. He wants to go make it. Let him go make it. Yep. And, and again, the way it works. It, it's just it's wild that why why would Microsoft just let just let them go unless they understood creative vision. Pay him more, maybe he'll stay. I mean, everybody has a dollar amount that they're willing to take. There's a, but there are those few people and no matter what dollar amount that you offer them, it's not more important than their creative vision. I think that's, uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's just my take on that, man. I yep. mean, again, um, 
I, I think it's over. I think a lot of people over overshooting it. But again, um, I do, I do think that leads into the one of the conversations we had earlier, where again, because of Xbox's communication, because how forthright Xbox has been, um, Microsoft has been, uh, they do have a lot that they got to work against, and marketing yeah. is one. Um, how they're viewed is another. Uh, overall, in consistency, mm-hmm. all those things matter. Yep. They're coming from being only known for releasing three games. <sighs> Takes time, man. Yep, it does. Uh, Def, it's uh, near Automata is what's playing in the background right now. Right meow. <laughs> right meow. Oh, uh, yeah. that's what you said. Def asked that earlier. Yeah, Def Leopard. He just asked it a little. Oh, bit nice. Ago, so. Yeah, State Ball, Blue Blue Moon FC, Def Leppard, Poison Maniac, King Web. What is going on, brother? Tim the Sorcerer, Splendiferous in the house as well. Uh, Who else is still hanging out in the chat? I know all you are in here. Water Dutch popped in here. What up, Dutch? Shout out to the Midweek Mix-Up Collective, Gogo Poe, Loremaster Jasper, everybody still hanging out with the Psychonauts. I see you, brother. Uh, appreciate you all. Uh, this has been a great show. A lot of great conversation here, Steel, for sure. Yeah, Def. Yeah. I, I don't know if you were thrown off by maybe the title picture. Uh, I use typically what I do with my uh, thumbnails is I try to use a game that's coming out that week or within recent weeks um, to kind of advertise. Um, so the game that I usually have on thumbnails usually never the game that I have gameplay for of. Um, so that yeah, no, this isn't One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if uh like all of a sudden hey here's one piece it's a turn-based game but really it's near automata nah <laughs> that would be hilarious um but ladies and gentlemen i do think that wraps up um most of our topics if not all of them and i do think this is the prime opportunity for us to get into this day in gaming um the section where we go 30 years back in history uh just to give some people some memories of of what they maybe don't remember. Um, a lot of people, like for Goldeneye, for an example, I do agree with, um, I, I forgot who was saying it. Uh, no, it was Randall Thor that said it. I do think that that's going to be one of those games where people have some very heavily tinted rose uh, tinted glasses. Um, you're going to play for a few minutes and then you're not going to play anymore. Because that game didn't, that style hasn't aged as well. But that's just my personal opinion. But again, um, this is the opportunity for us to go back 30 years, look at previous games that have released, um, and kind of just remember where we are today compared to where we were previously. Uh, Poison Maniac said, no, never trust the thumbnail. At least don't trust the picture. Um, and again, it's never going to be that same gameplay because, again, I've mentioned it here before. I, I'm just not about One Piece. But um, but I knew, I knew it was a game that was coming out, so I wanted to make it. Again, I call it clickbait. Call it clickbait if you'd like. Uh, it is what it is. Got to advertise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this gaming. If I can get it, if I can get it pulled up here. Oh nope, not that one. Um, I did make some changes um to some of the format because I wanted to make it a little bit easier. I saw some people say last week, "Oh man, I got to put my uh my buy focus on to see some of this content because it was a little bit smaller." So I made it a little bit bigger. Um, hopefully you guys can see the years. Hopefully it's a little bit easier to see. But with that said, let's get into it. So we're starting in 1984, and this is actually this time around going to, to uh, going back about almost 40 years. Um, and the 
the game that came out in 1984 is going to be tennis on the NES. Oh, nice. Man. Still in that still in that generic names where we just told you what you're playing. Yep, tennis. Exactly. That's it. That's hilarious. Um then uh in 1987, uh you got Zelda 2: The Adventure of Link on the Famicom disc system. Wow. I haven't heard about that in a while. Good lord. Ah, uh, the Famicom. Lord Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, then in 1988, uh, the NES released YY World or Weiwei World, depending on how you want to say that, I guess. Right. Uh, then in 1992, shout out to my birth year, uh, the Genesis released Super Fantasy Zone. Okay, I don't remember that. Nope. Um, then in '93, um, the NEC PC 98 released Winning Post. NEC. Remember that. Um, then in '94, uh, the Sharp. What are these systems? The Sharp X68000 released Mad Stalker Full Metal Force in Japan. That has to be like an arcade cabinet or something. It sounds like it. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, Sharp, Sharp's a well-known brand. I have to imagine that's what that is. Um, then in 1999, PlayStation released Evil Zone in Japan. Uh, Tim the Sorcerer real quick says, uh, GoldenEye on N64 was the GOAT, 100%. That one took a lot of time. Probably not doing that again on new one. Yeah, especially when they didn't, they haven't done any updates from what I know to it, really. Um, maybe they did something with the resolution or something like that. But overall, gameplay is going to be what it was from back in the day. It doesn't sound enticing to me. Um, again, I, I'd like to keep my memories about that game. Like, it was just the greatest game that I've ever experienced, especially during that time. I don't want to be reminded. That it wasn't that great. Um, potentially. Could be wrong. Um, and then well, there was one more. Uh, Poison said, nah, cl clickbait a little. Everyone does it. Not fun, but it's the meta of YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a pain. Not too big. Um, all right. Then we go into 1999, also with the Nintendo 64 releasing Magical Tetris Talent. Got the Tetris. Thing to run strong and forever will. Uh, also, in 2003, you had the PlayStation 2 release, ATV Quad Power Racing 2. Shout out to those quads. Shout out to those ATV Heck yeah, I had a lot of friends that were into the ATV series. <laughs> those games would be fun. Those games would be fun. Nothing I'd write home about, but they could have been fun. No. no. Uh, then in 2003, the PlayStation 2 released War of the Monsters. That was a pretty decent game. I like that game. That was a I like time. that game a lot. Hey, Asante! Yeah. What's going on, brothers? Hopefully y'all had a fantastic show. Hey, oh, that was shout going out on. to Kaysante, Everborn, and the Gaming Circle Podcast. Uh, yes, excellent group of gentlemen over there, and again, congrats to One K out there. Um, beautiful thing to see. Um, then in two thousand and four, uh, PlayStation Two released Dot Hack Quarantine Part Four. Dot Hack, shout out to Dot Hack. I need to actually get into that anime. I haven't really had a uh, chance to really dive nose deep into that, and I've heard, always hear good things about. It. Um, then in 2004, uh, Fallout released uh, on PlayStation 2 and Xbox, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel. Got to them. I only know them because of New Vegas, I believe. That's a Brotherhood of Steel. Um, then in 2010, uh, the PSP released Gladiator Begins in Japan. That's a Gladiator. Um, wasn't that with Russell Crowe, the Gladiator that I'm thinking of? Yes. That was a great movie. 
Oh, I love. Of course you were. I need, I need Are you not entertained? Are on, you man. not? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, then it's 2010. Uh, the DS released Last Window: The Secret of Cape West. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like a puzzle narrative-driven game, maybe? It's, it was on Nintendo, so probably. <laughs> um, then in 2014, uh, Macintosh. I haven't heard that. Wow. Uh, nice. And PC released The Banner Saga. That's the Banner Saga. Banner Saga is very good. Currently working on a Xbox exclusive. Very nice. Nice, nice. Um, then in 2014, damn, I didn't know Wreckfest had been out for this long. That's kind of mm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, then in 2014, PC released Wreckfest. Not the Wreckfest. Hell um, yeah. Then in 2015, um, you had Link, Linux, Macintosh, Ouya, and PC released. Wow. Gun Ooh, yeah. Slugs 2. <laughs> Ouya, of all things. All right, guys. Oh. Uh, I think you're going to get my, uh, one of my famous um, <laughs> pronunciation segments. Let's see how this yes, goes. Yes, let's go. Then let's in go 2015. Steal, steal the, those Japanese. Let's go. The 3DS release, Pokoizaden. Hojin no hon, kanji no yoroku, tentai toyukai, kankan training, one kaiyu, june one kaiyu, two kaiyu. Bullshit. That's not the thing. That's not the title. There's no way. I am not doing that ever fucking again. Steel, you just made all that up. Uh, That's the fucking name. Um, And they released multiple versions of this game uh, this year. Um, they had released a one kuyu, jun one kuyu, two kuyu, then they released a three kuyu, and then they released a four kuyu, and then they released a five kuyu. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what kuik daidan, hujin nahon kanji, noroku kentai is, but hey, shout out to that game. God damn. Uh, I don't know why anybody would buy this game because you can't fucking say. I want to see the box. I want to see the box Let's with the, the title box. on Let's it. See. Let's see. Um, <laughs> it's so real that this little picture that they have here doesn't. Yeah. It's probably doesn't all exist. within this in these letters. Um, <laughs> you know, they have letters that mean multiple oh, different things. Uh, Jesus. Um, and Tim says, "Yeah, that one sounds familiar." It's Tim. If, if it sounds familiar <laughs> to you, man, you got a palate, bro. Uh, shout out to you, man. Uh, Shout out to the importers. Hey, if anybody wants to clip that and make fun of me, hey, I'm I'm all for it. God damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> then in 2015, uh, iOS released the Horus Heresy uh, Drop Assault. Um, Shout out to the Hor- uh, Horus. Horus uh, Heresy. Wow. Heresy. Okay. Um, then in 2016, the 3DS released Hard Fight Vanguard G Stride to Victory. Okay. Card Fight. How many names do you need for a game? I don't know. Um, anyway, um, then in 2016, um, you had Lionel on, on the 3DS, excuse me, also. You got Lionel City Builder 3D, Rise of the Rail. Hmm. Okay. Got to the City Builder. Yep. Then, uh, to end it off, because it doesn't look like we have anything newer than 2016 that released on this day in gaming, but on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and a PlayStation Vita, you had Odin Sphere Life of the Rasir. So beautiful. Such a freaking amazing game. Uh, I had it on the Vita. Um, just absolutely gorgeous. I actually had the special edition. Um, beautiful game. Hand-drawn animations. Oh, okay. Absolutely drop-dead gorgeous uh, graphics and fun gameplay. Odin Sphere is a great, great game. Well, that's how I'm going to refer to it now, uh, now from now on. It's just Odin Sphere because uh, that yeah, last part, I don't Sphere. know why they... Um... 
Anyway, um, that <laughs> was your this day of gaming, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hopefully, we gave you some things there to remind you of. Uh, you know, this time around, it doesn't seem there wasn't too many hitters, uh, like we've seen in the past, as far as like some things that we could really hit, um, and relate to. But nonetheless, I'm pretty sure it related with somebody, and uh, some memories were able to get drawn back. Um, and like Def Leppard said, yeah, so many forgotten games, and again. When you look back at these games, right, and then you look at the type of games that we're getting now, um, you know, it it is hard to not to not be grateful. Um, uh, but at the same time, it also shows how we have gamers have grown to just expect more. Um, gaming has continued to grow. Gaming has continued to be, um, you know, uh, iterative upon itself and just get better and better year after year. I mean, if anything, I feel like that list of games definitely proves that, right? Uh, you go back to Zelda, Zelda 2 on a Faircom, on a Famicom, excuse me. Um, it's crazy to think about. And then you go to Breath of the Wild. Like, I know people say that is not the most uh, graphically impressive game, but comparatively to what Zelda came from, I mean, again, well, I go back to, um, uh, what is that? Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. And you see Breath of the Wild, it's like, damn, bro, like, how can I not be impressed? Um, anyway, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another great episode of Living Split Screen. This was episode 87, one more episode closer to getting to the through the second season into the third season. And um, hopefully you all enjoyed it. Again, for everybody that's tuning in live, if you enjoyed what you saw today, please hit that like button. Leave a comment below. I, I try to usually leave a little question or something afterwards. Um, and I get everything uploaded and I'm moving things. And uh, for the audio listeners, look again, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please let us know down in the comments uh, what you liked. Uh, let us know what we could change. Um, and uh, tell us how you feel. Other than that, um, wherever you can, please rate us. I know it's always good to see uh, five stars. I feel like it's worth it. And uh, with that, hopefully you all have a fantastic rest of your Saturday. But gotta give us give y'all the outro first so again i am one of the hosts steel rain that's i steel rain i the t is a seven um you just type that in everywhere i'm super easy to type it into google um i've done it myself had family do it uh it comes up right away so uh if that makes it easy i frequent the streets of twitter uh although again i don't live on there so if i don't get to you right away i'll take it fancy um Best place to hit me up is probably going to be on through the Xbox ecosystem just because everything is tied into the game bar. Makes um, so if you want to run some games or whatever the case may be, hey, hit me up. Um, but if not, just hit me up in the Twitter DMs. Uh, let's chop it up or in the comments below on YouTube. Uh, you can hit me up there too. Again, that's I Steel Rain I E S 7. Um, and with that said, Paul, lead the people to victory. Let them know where they can find Living Split Screen every 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. UK time, uh, right here on a Saturday morning. <laughs> yes, sir. We are done. Like Steele said, another episode in the books, another four hours of nothing but straight talking uh, about all things good, uh, indifferent, bad, or otherwise uh, within the gaming industry and the community. Uh, this is what Steele and I do every single week. So if you love our content, please. Continue to help us. You guys are all appreciated. It's never expected. But if you can help us in any way, get to the 1K and then to the 3K by the end of the year, that's what we're going to need. Again, 
Not a whole lot of content on this outside of this, but this is like two shows in one each and every single week that we possibly can. We are here on Living Split Screen. So thank you all. Uh, love you. Nothing but respect to each and every single one of you. The chat, again, was amazing. The talking, that's what Steele and I always wanted. We didn't want a dead chat. We didn't want a chat that didn't seem interested in what we were doing here at all. And listen, you guys show up each and every week. And almost every single dang week, we come up with just some great comments out of there, some good discussions, whatever it takes. And again, appreciate every single one of you, even the different opinions. That's what Steele and I are here for. So thank you all for being here. Um, tonight, you're going to find me, of course, uh, back over on the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam's channel, along with Fuzzy Belvedere. And we've got Aman on tonight. Uh, part of Project X Talk and oh, wow. a bunch of the other ones. Yeah, I've been on with those guys a few times. Great group of guys over there. First time on the shop, I think, for Amon, though. So we're going to have a great time tonight talking the good talk yet again. Uh, and it's the best way to end the Saturday. I just absolutely love the shop podcast. It's so – it's just chill, but we have passionate discussions there. It's right. just it's, – it's a great way. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time, PTK Blam's channel, The Shop Podcast. Join us there. And then, of course, next week it starts all over again. Tuesdays is Xbox Factor Podcast. Whether I'm there or not, Double Barrel Gaming just continues to roll on Mr. Boomstick five days a week. The man is a machine over there. So got to get there uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. All good things green. Um, you never know who's going to be on the panel. That's one of the, one of the best parts. Like every week. He has a full panel. Steel's on there sometimes. Sometimes Mavs is able to get there. Boxenberger, myself. My God. Daniel McGee. All the dudes over there. Just a great time every Tuesday. So join uh, them there. And then Thursdays, it's PM in the PM. Pong and Mav in the PM. Two-man show. Unless we have a guest, which we may have one this week. Mav is confirming, but we might have a absolutely ridiculously fantastic returning guest this week. Um, so keep your eyes and ears uh, tuned in for that. But that's every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, over on Fun Speculations channel. We got a great community over there, too. A lot of the same people uh, that are here with me and Steel are there. We just have a great show uh, each and every week. So join us Thursday night for that. And then back at it Friday night on Xbox Ultimate. Uh, we don't know. Times, we went back to 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central because we had Gaz on last night. If you didn't catch that, Gaz was on for the first couple of hours. Man, <laughs> we had Psychonauts calling in from the 1980s, uh, cordless, wireless phone. Like, it was ridiculous. He sounded like he was fl- he was in space or he was driving truck. It went all ways last night. It was insane. So, got to go check that out. But we're there every Friday night, either 10 p.m. Eastern or 9 p.m. Eastern, depending on what Mav decides to do going forward. And then, of course, I'll be back here next weekend, God willing, along with my brother Steele, to chop it up right here on Living Split Screen. So, again, folks, if you haven't gotten the picture, I could draw it out for you, but it'd be pretty simplistic, and I don't know exactly how we would do it. Uh, it's the golden age of gaming. Gaming has never been better than it is right now. There is so much to play, and we're just getting started. This generation is going to be stupid by the time we're all done. This year alone is insane. And we don't even, we only know half of this year. We don't even know the second half of what this year is going to bring. So please enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get out there, play what you love, love what you play. And I'm going to talk to you tonight, very soon in about seven hours. So see you all then. Have a great one. Steel. 
get the good people out of here and on with their weekend, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, you have a wonderful rest of your day. Y'all stay safe out there. Um, get some, get some, some gaming and overall, stay safe out there. Sure. We'll see you next week on episode 88 of Living Split Screen. And uh, peace! <laughs>